coming up on episode 103 of Pixel Gaiden. Can you buy a game at Target for less than 50 bucks? Eric goes bananas for the game gear. Boglins, Blades, and Blacklights, oh my. Can games really make you LOL? We have a game show through the ages. We talk about six good Evercade games. We learn about a store called Sexy. Tim eats a big old breakfast. And Eric makes a ginormous 3DS. Mr. Eric Nelson, it is Cody. the second week, or I'm sorry, the second episode of March. Today is March 30th, by the time you guys are listening to this, and uh, my name is Cody Hoffman. I'm Eric Nelson. And I feel like we're a little subdued today. We need to bring it up. We need to bring yeah. it up a notch. You know, we had a, we had a crazy St. Patty's Day, I presume. Yeah, we <laughs> did nothing. I stayed at home. I had actually, some stouts. I bought some stouts. Uh, reading the a, occasion. Other than actually, that, though, we didn't do anything. We just stayed home. We had a good time. We uh, met some friends out at uh, the bar that um, I'm sure I pointed out to you and Tim. Uh, it's called the Dewdrop Inn. Yeah. And it's not far from my house. And it's this little hole in the wall place down below. And there's um, a local band that was playing, but they were opening for this traveling musician. And he was amazing. And I ended up um, talking to him at the show and talking to. Uh, to his manager slash roadie and yeah. <laughs> uh making new friends and this guy is amazing man his name is cruz Contreras, and uh he was the front man for a band that recently disbanded called the black lilies and they were a big thing i guess for like 10 years there out of knoxville wow. tennessee yeah and uh bought myself some vinyl uh, he actually had to go to his van and get it because they didn't have the vinyl laid yeah. out <laughs> that's cool they and, had it though yeah, it's a, a fun, rowdy bar with a pool table and, uh, you know, a little bit crazy and a little bit fun and had a good St. Patty's Day. Not to mention that our friends cooked corned beef and uh, cabbage. So. Oh, keeping it traditional. Yeah, my uh, my wife made something called, um, I'm going to blow this, but I think it's called Cuddle. Okay, I, I thought you were going to say like Haggis. No, it's an Irish, <laughs> it's a traditional Irish thing, but it's called cuddle, I think. And um, it was good. It was really good. I, Dude, I'm a sucker for mashed potatoes. So anything that has potatoes in it, I'm, I'm down for it. Eric likes the potatoes. I do. I do. I could live on them. <laughs> well, if you guys are here for talk about not holiday-related uh, news, uh, video games and retro video game-inspired talk, you're in the right place here at Pixel Guide N. Um we are part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, on which you can find other shows such as Amigos, Everything Amiga, ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, uh, R. Sinclair, and many others. On the show today, we are we're going to kick it old school like we like to do here. It's going to be a pretty solid standard episode. Uh, we're still recovering a bit, I think, from episode 100, which was two or three times as insane as St. Patrick's Day was. <laughs> exactly big party it was the party episode it was a party episode so uh 
Yeah, we're going to start off with a couple of quick questions we got here. We have a game show coming up when Tim joins us from Jolly England in uh, just a little bit. We're going to go ahead and do some catching up where we talk about what we've all been up to in the world of video game or tangentially related things. And then we've got a six good games segment, Eric, which I think Tim came up with this idea. Did he not? The six good games? Uh, I think he did. I think he, uh, yeah, it was either him or me. I don't remember. One of you two. And what is it, Eric? What is it? It's uh, six good games that appear on Evercade cartridges. Right. Physical cartridges of old and new retro games on the Evercade. And we love the system. And it was time for us to dig into the library and pick out the, the gems you guys might might already know and love or might not have heard of. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that being said, Eric, it's time for us to hop directly into Quick Questions. Quick Questions. And I'll ask the first quick question here, which is from one of our Patreon followers. Pajaco6502 asks, have any games made you belly laugh until it hurts? And likewise, have any games brought you to tears and not because of how bad it was? I think that I like how he says likewise, as if like, no, there's a game that makes me belly laugh. And then I have another game that makes me laugh until I cry. They're completely different <laughs> right, right. types of humor. Anything come to mind, Eric? Man, I mean, I'm going to have a really... Bad answer for this, um, and it is directly related to the fact that I am dead inside. <laughs> um, I very rarely like, like in media, like watching TV shows or movies or anything. I very rarely laugh or cry. I, wow, I mean, though you are dead inside. I really am. So it, it, that's got to carry over to video games as just another, you Chicken. know. Exactly. See, I laugh at stuff like that, but I don't think it's meant to be super funny, but, um, but not laugh out loud. Um, I mean, I laugh when things go wrong in video games. I mean, like something will happen in a, in a game, like I'll fall off a cliff or fall off a platform or something. There you go. Very generically. I'll I'll laugh at the mechanic. Like I'll be like, Oh man, you know, that's so stupid, but I definitely haven't cried. I don't cry. First of all, you're a grown man. Exactly. No, no tears coming of me, out of this, Eric. It's just part of me in dead inside. I haven't laughed in since I was a little kid. But um, <laughs> so well, I know that's garbage because, uh, well, f- finish what you're going to say. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I I cried when Tim left, but that's different. Aww, that's because of how bad it was. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, like but anyway, said. What about you? All right. So the easy answer is. Anytime we're playing multiplayer games, I can't not like laugh hysterically and then we punch each other and, and yeah. wind jammers, micro mages, uh, even the chill game of, uh, of Neo Turf Masters. I, I think I have to laugh every once in a while, but yeah. I remember my wife telling me to shut up. She like, yelled out the window when I was still in Elk Grove and we were playing, I think, micro mages. Oh, like, Cody, yeah. stop! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but actually laughing at like humor in a game, perhaps, yeah. I would say I still catch myself doing this. I'm not going to lie. Because usually in the game, it's unexpected. It's really hard for humor to come across in a game. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat a dead horse and just say the, the most I can think of right off the top of my head is the first time I ever played Sam and Max. Okay. Um, the humor in there is hilarious. But again, you got to play it with the sound off. The, the, you know, the narration kind of ruins it. You just have to read it. Because that yeah. way, in your in your head, you read it the way your characters sound in your head, 
and it's just super dry, witty humor, and I love it, and it's hilarious, uh, slapsticky, and um, and uh, even the newer ones that we've been playing, not not to the extent of the original one, but uh, they they make me laugh just because they're they're hilarious. But a lot of I think a lot of the point and click adventure games do that for me. Monkey Island, there are some parts where I laughed out loud. Um, I want to say Guacamelee had some moments where you're like turning back and forth into a chicken for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I enjoy laughing at, at, at games, so I can't think of any other great options, but I think of Guacamelee and Sam and Max come to mind for whatever reason right now. And that's probably my, my, my fault with that is I don't play the games that are meant to be funny. Like I, I don't usually like those genres that much, like the point and click okay. games, the, you know, the, I mean, I don't want to say I don't like them. I just never really got into them. Kind of like the, um, what is that, Pirate's Island kind of game? What is that? Um, yeah. It's not Escape from Monkey, Monkey Island. Island. Yeah. Stuff like that. All right. What about you, the crying, man? You you didn't, so you're not going into the crying. Oh, like, oh, so, okay. No, I I thought, in my mind, I was thinking, like, crying because you, cause you laugh so hard. But no, you're right. Like, sad. Okay. Yes. Actually, Ooh. this is funny. So, right when... For whatever reason, I don't know if you experienced this the same way I did, but when I had, um, when I had, when my wife had, I had a huge part in it, uh, our children, mm-hmm. um, and I was like a new dad, like I could barely watch like a Charmin commercial without crying. Like yeah. it just brought like this like fatherhood, like protective thing into me. And there were certain games I couldn't play. Um, I would try and it was just like too closely tied to like kids and stuff. And like too I couldn't emotional. do it. Yeah. It, it was. Um, but you don't play too many new games. And I had a PlayStation. They have a lot more store-driven stuff. Yeah. Um, but the one that comes to my mind is like Last of Us, I think. There were some moments in there. Um, even some of the moments in like, I want to say Uncharted or... Uh, yeah, I can't think of them all, but I know there was moments where I was like, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, and now it doesn't hit me as hard because uh, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm closer to being dead inside as well. But <laughs> it's coming for you. Right at fifty, you just die inside. There it is. I it's think that's over. what. It, oh, for me, it was I guess forty. So yeah, you're not right, there I'm, yet. So you still I'm, have I'm some t- emotions. You kind of already answered it because you said you're dead inside. So am, no, yeah. no tears. No tears. No. Eric. No. No. Ah. <laughs> ah. I'm not. I'm not I, I wish I was. I wish I could. I wish I could. I seriously do. I just. That's not an emotion I really, it really comes out of me. All right, all right. Well, let's see what Tim has to, to ask here. Tim says, you're in Target. Other stores are available. So I guess we can pick another store. That's good. <laughs> you find 50 bucks on the floor and you spend it on beer and gaming. What do you buy? So my first question is going to be, who dropped two 20s and a 10? Because nobody has a fifty <laughs> yeah. or or a fifty dollar bill. Like, where did that come from? Who has a fifty dollar bill? Yeah, are fifty dollar fifty? Uh, uh, I guess pound bills common in England. I don't know. In America, those are pretty rare. You don't see fifties, <laughs> right? Um. Anyways, we we you and I kind of mentioned a few things before the show, so we got to bring it up. First of all, <laughs> yeah, what did you say about fifty bucks? 
Yeah, so I think Tim's being a little uh, stingy with his with his imagination here. <laughs> Fifty bucks isn't going to buy you a ton. So shopping spree. We should at least say a hundred bucks because you could barely buy one game in a store like Target for for 50 bucks i mean most of those are new games yeah it'll have to be on on sale if you're buying it for 50 right they're usually 59.99 plus tax yep so let's say let's say let's say a cool 100 was dropped i'm going to change tim's a little bit here inflation and he said on beer and gaming so first of all i think you and i both are thinking first of all well it's just we have we have lots of games let's just load up on beer but 50 bucks won't hardly get you any beer anymore either (laughs) no it won't no it won't so yeah, let's say it's a cool one hundred bucks. Go ahead. Cool hundred dollar bill. Get? I just found it, which means it's free money, which I can buy whatever I want at that point, huh? Yep, that's right. All right. Let's be I gaming have, related. Well, so yeah, item number one would be I want to get beer. I'm gonna get me some beer. But if I found that money and it really just said, Hey, you know what, this is free money, I'm gonna buy something I normally wouldn't spend a hundred dollars on. Yeah. What I actually kinda want, I want that um because I don't typically want like the the new games you see in Target, you know, like a new Mario game or whatever for sixty dollars, and yeah. um, I want those games, but not for sixty bucks. Yeah. Um, but I guess this I, I could buy it right, and have forty bucks for beer. What I actually want to try is, and I've always wanted to, but the price doesn't ever drop on Nintendo stuff. Is the Mario Home Circuit thing where it's like Mario Kart, but with the actual little cars that like. You put yep. flags on your hardwood floor and drive around, and there's little cameras on the front of the car, and you're actually yep. playing it on your Switch, but you're, it's actually driving around your kitchen table. Exactly. That, that was going to be my answer, too. Was so it really? I was going to get that, but, but it, it's more than 100 bucks. So Oh, is it really? I thought it was. That was about 100 bucks. Was it? Was it about 100 bucks? I thought so. Okay. Well, I'm maybe it is. It so that, that would be, that's a good answer. And that you was and that that honestly each... what you were looking at? Yeah, each of us should get that, and then we'll race each other. That would be awesome. That that would be fun. I was going to say, um, uh, you know, if we were if, back in the old days before Arcade One Up blew up, you might yeah. be able to get a, a Arcade One Up on sale for ninety nine bucks, but no longer. Nope. No, no longer. longer. Oh, that's but, sad. Yeah, but every time I see those Mario Home Circuit things in in Target, like I want to, I want to grab one. Yeah, you want to grab one of those. But you're right, the price never drops on those. Oh, Nintendo. They're always making that money. What are you going to yep. do? And it, it would be very hard to buy good beer at Target. So <laughs> I would probably buy like a 12-pack of 805. I think they have 805 there. Um, they don't have a lot of great beers there, to be honest. I think they have a lot of good beers. They don't have a lot of great beers, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Let's go ahead and let everyone know how they can get a hold of us. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Eric at the project. That's at D-U-H-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. And you can reach Cody at Oddball, which is at oddba one one four nine. You can also reach me, that's Tim, at Sanxion, and that's at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on 
podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong, and we'll mention it on the next show. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And on this episode, we're having a nice little family outing. The Shrill Margaret Church song, the Sybil David Baudelaire, Harmonious Scott Partolo, and the jumpy Henrik Lothal. The evasive Roy Fielding and the asleep Josh Malone Also the berserk Adam from Commodore Chronicles These are all some of the friends we've made here at Pixel Gaiden who have given us a little bit of money. Supreme Daniel James and Wet Matthew Ackerman so we have the belligerent tenmark. Retro Gamer Nation is economic. Eric Sandgren is clean. Machesis Nowski's clean. Ram okay, Ram okay. Be parsimonious. Delirious paradroid. Mitsuyama is coy. Aquatic David Vincent. And the ragged and stiller. Periodic Jason Holland. Private Mr. Toast. Skinny Paul Jacobson, rhetorical Brian, Arsenal and the fierce, yes the fierce David Cavalry. These are the names, these are the Patreons of Pixel Guided. This is our way of giving back. Sad, but. And we're back here at Pixel Guiden Studios. I'm here with Eric Nelson. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. This is my first time on NPR. <laughs> it's going to be your last. Uh, Eric, we brought beers. Yeah. And while I was walking over here, you said you uh, you saw a little flash of color in my hand. Yeah, because you turned the light off and then you walked past and I saw flashes of color on the can. And I, I just had 
that same beer, I think I might be totally wrong on this. So I'm not, I'm not going to bet any money on this, but is it campfire stout? Bam. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Sweet. Got it, man. Campfire stout. I just happened to have one in my fridge. I don't, I didn't bring any new beers today. No time. Not going to get into it, but I got a, a couple of old favorites here. So first one being campfire stout. What are you uh, sipping on, my brother? So I did just get that beer just last week. I love it. It's a great, it's a great one. So you, that is a good one you're having. So this one is new to me. And I was just in Paso Robles not that long ago uh, mm-hmm. to go to Firestone and some other places over there. But this, I can't believe I missed this brewery because I was all over Paso Robles. But this is Barrel House Brewing Company. In Paso Robles, and this is called Sunny Days, and it is a blonde ale with citrus. Nice. Yeah, I remember all their cans look like that. I don't know if I've had that one, but I think all their cans have that. Same. Yeah, I would have loved to drop by yeah. if they have some kind of tap room or something, but I didn't see the, I didn't see them when I was there. We were there just a couple years ago. Yeah, Dude, that was <laughs> that was an awesome sound there. Um. Yeah, that campfire stout that you're drinking, that's by, what is it, High Water? Yeah, in Lodi, actually. High Water in Lodi, and we, I bought a four-pack last week because I just wanted some good stouts in the in the house around St. Patty's Day. Yep, it's got graham crackers, molasses, and other natural flavors. Yes, indeed. Although it's mostly beer. This is a beer beer. Yeah. Cheers, my friend! Cheers! Let me uh, let me take a sip of mine here, but I'll I'll say a little bit about mine. This says it is uh, a blonde ale with citrus in it. It is five point two alcohol by percent, um, always unfiltered. And yeah, you can look at mine; it's not quite clear. Hmm. All right, all right. Let's give that a hold on. My sound effects. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Not working now. The citrus is very subtle in this one, which I appreciate. It's not overwhelming. Um, a lot of flavor, though, for a blonde ale, you know, that you are usually flavorless to a degree. This one's got a lot of flavor in it. Okay. Okay. So it's uh, it is the month of the Irish. Yeah. So out of uh, four leaves on your clover. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. For those people that uh, haven't heard, my daughter is named Clover. True. Um, four leaves on a clover. I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give it three, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you only have four leaves. I really do like the campfire stout. I'm going to have to round up to four if those are my options. That one is a fantastic beer. Or maybe if it's like that caterpillar book, it's, yeah. uh, it's like three leaves, like four caterpillars, two crows and a butterfly. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's I have to stout. say I'm already good halfway stout. through with this beer because I, I'm thirsty and this one's refreshing AF as the kids say, <laughs> as always, I can't, <laughs> I can't smell. <laughs> um, cool. If I had to pick between this one though, and yours, I would pick yours. Yours is okay. a, okay. yours is a real Bobby Dazzler. It, this is true. This is true. Eric, did you have any other topic? I thought you, there was something you mentioned you want to bring up at the front of the show here before we get Tim on the ringer. 
something I wanted to bring. No, I was. I did want to talk about our show sponsor, RetroRewind.ca. RetroRewind.ca, you say? Yep. And I want to. I want to talk about what I think, and this is just my opinion. One of their most important offerings in their library of goods. And that is um, mass storage for these devices. So for any of the computers that they specialize in at RetroRewind.ca, Frank and his buddies, you know, Jason Warrens, have you heard of, you heard of that guy? I know he the name. Works, yeah, he works with Frank and he's one of the wizards that does all the repairs um, or not all the repairs, but some of the repairs. Um, but those guys, he has a whole team there that repairs retro machines. But one of the most important elements when you get a new one is you want to be able to load uh, games on there or utilities or whatever you want. And for every one of the machines that they specialize in, they have some kind of solution. Like the Commodore 64 has the Kung Fu Flash, which is an awesome cartridge, has an SD card in it. You can load up cartridge image, disk images, any number of things. Uh, easy, for the Commodore, it's affordable. I'm sorry? It's easy. It's affordable. Yep, and it, it looks just good. Plugs it's a very in. cool-looking cartridge. Um, the Commodore Amiga has the CF to IDE interface, which is very popular. Instead of popping in on the IDE interface, instead of popping in like a physical hard drive, you would pop in a CF card that you can load up your hard drive images on those, and he sells those, and he sells a special one that is buffered, gives you better performance, better reliability. Um, and then... One of the coolest ones, I think, is the Tandy Coco has the Coco SDC. Coco SDC. Yep. Coco SDC is um, a SD card solution that, and because and, I'll tell you, trying to load stuff on the Coco without one of those is a nightmare. It is not easy to do. So save yourself the hassle and grab that. In fact, I think that, uh, I think the one Frank, Offers even comes with an SD card with uh, it's all set up. So for thirteen dollars, you can add an SD card that's preloaded with goodies for your code. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad that's on there now. That's cool. But no, it's interesting. That thing's seventy two dollars, and like I said, thirteen only thirteen dollars to come with a fully loaded ZF card. But if you want that thing to only cost eleven dollars and seventy cents, how's my math? Uh, <laughs> you can use code. PG-10 at checkout. That's Pixel Gaiden. PG-10 at checkout. And get 10% off your entire order at RetroRewind.ca. And we want to thank our buddy Frank, as well as the other gentleman you just named, who I am blanking on already again. Jason Warns. And Jason I know Warns. he has other guys, too. I get, He needs to put an about list on here of all the all of his crew so I can we can give them proper shout-outs. I agree. So for all your Tandy Coco and Commodore computer needs, head on down to RetroRewind.ca. Make sure you log in, and then you can use code PG10 at uh, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Entire. Yes. All right, Eric. Let's finish up these beers and see if we can't dial England and see who, uh, who answers on the other line. All right, and we're back. It's me, it's Tim. Couldn't avoid that one. <laughs> Just pointing <laughs> out the obvious. <laughs> you were expecting Cody, weren't you? Well, Cody's not here today, I'm afraid. So you've got me. <laughs> and I'm Giles. <laughs> Hello, Giles. How are you? <laughs> and, and my other esteemed colleague, uh, Colin, is also here. 
Colin. You're nice. <laughs> I like the name Colin. Just the whole change of the crew. <clears throat> Uh, what are we so hopping how, into how, here? Tim? How are we doing, guys? Oh, uh, we, we're we're doing good. Uh, quick bit of housekeeping. It's been five or six days since we recorded the every, everything. Five that, days. Yeah, that everyone's already heard at the beginning of the show. So some time has passed. <laughs> Apparently, daylight savings is a thing here and not in England. I don't know. It uh, is, but it just happens later. <laughs> it happens later. So yeah. we lost our synchronization with Tim and and. Weren't able to record him last session, but here he is now. I'm here. Woohoo. Awesome, awesome. And for some reason, uh, a quick update it is now almost April at this point, and uh, decided to snow again today. Not to mention, blow a bunch. We lost uh, two, uh, two trees today. They just oh, keep falling, man. They just keep falling. And another fence. So that'll be fun to deal with. But uh, nonetheless, Eric, we'll do this quickly, because we only have so much time before we get this episode out. We need to open another beer, even though we just had one, according to the show. Exactly. <laughs> and real quick, I have good news and bad news, because I didn't think I had any beers in my house. Yeah. Except for one, and I did not want to drink it. My goal is to give it away, or give it to you, or get it out of my house. So <laughs> the good news is I found another beer, one other beer in my house. There's always beer in my house, so this is unusual. And it's one of my favorites. I, I remember I actually hid it away last time I recorded it. I forgot about it. I have one more delicious weekend vibes. The one I was going to have to drink was that Alohawk. Yeah. Oh, no. Which was going to no, be you my... you can't drink that. And uh, so the bad news is that I'm not going to be able to drink that on microphone. And basically, you, it'd be funny just listening to me, like, trying not to gag the entire rest of the show. But Yeah, um, you don't want to drink that one again. <laughs> So what are you sipping on there, Eric? Uh, so I'm doing another Retro Rewind beer t- here t- as well. It is the he- the Heretic Chocolate Hazelnut Porter. Oh, we both got good always, ones. Yep, so that's a classic. Uh, we've had it a few times on the show, but uh, that was the only one in my fridge, too. So there we go. And Tim's having a hazelnut coffee? Uh, no, I am having uh, my normal coffee um, out of a new Cafe Nero mug. Not sure. What, oh, that's a nice it's mug. a good-looking mug. Good. I'm not sure what Cafe Nero is, but... It's, sure. it's a, a a coffee house over here. All right. Nice. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. Cheers. Okay. No need to rate these since we've had them all before. Yep. I think we they're all good. We all enjoy them. Yep. My um, coffee's excellent. Tim, what time is it? It is time for a game show. That is correct. And... I have the honors of doing the game show this episode. All right. So, do we do we need a pen and paper? Um, got one. You know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll just do it this way. I think this will be easier this way. Uh, okay. First to say their name gets the first shot at the thing, and if you don't get the other person, gets a free chance. Let's okay. Go, let's go that way. All right. This game show is called Through 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 the Ages Ages Ages. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, nice. Got, Guess think, the year then. <laughs> I've got, uh, I think, 11 questions if I remember correctly. I'm not going to count them, but here they go. So let's just go for it. Okay. Okay. The first age we're going to discuss has to do with the Atari. Okay. I read this description recently. I actually went online and looked up like popular Atari games, and there's a game that um, that had this description, and I want you. The first person who can name this game, and I'll give you a hint, it's not obvious. I don't, th- I don't think it's obvious. 
but apparently it's one of the most classic Atari games because it was, according to this website, it wasn't a very reliable website, it says it's one of the best Atari games. So, <clears throat> so there's no ET then. <laughs> a game where you navigate around four ladder connected platforms while gathering random items and avoiding wandering enemies. Once you collect items, a key appears at the top, allowing for advancement to the next level. Tim. Tim, what is it? No, it can't be. I was going to say Hero, but that's Activision, isn't it? (laughs) Well, no, so this is on the Atari home computer system. Right. So that would have been a good... They did, they did, yeah. Eric, do you have a a free guess here? Um, A free guess, I'll just say uh, Donkey Kong. That's what I would have thought. No, apparently... Blade Runner. It is not, actually. No, what is it? It's a game called Fast Eddie. I've never heard of it in my life. <laughs> Me either. <clears throat> never heard of it. I was hoping magically I, you guys were like, oh yeah, Fast Eddie. It was a great classic game. You weren't alive then, Cody. You don't know anything. But no, uh, according to, I can't even find the website anymore. Some guys like, you know, great games like Pac-Man. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. You know, Adventure and Fast Eddie. I'm like, what? <laughs> All right. Well, that was I kind of a remember that game. I, it actually, no, looked, I never actually, heard of it. It actually looked really cool. I have no idea if it was legit or what, but it actually looked pretty cool. I might try it. All right, guide an exclusive, fast Eddie. Everyone, go out and play it. There you go. There you go. All right, we move uh, forward ever so slightly to the Intellivision, in which uh, I ask you, gentlemen, what year officially was the Intellivision discontinued? Eric. Eric. I'm going to say 1985. Okay. Tim, what are you thinking? I'm thinking 1988. Also incorrect. Now, let me remind both of you, the Intellivision 2 came out, and eventually it was... Intellivision was sold to another company, at which point it was officially discontinued. Is anyone else? Well, let's, let's, one more guess each. Let's, let's see if we can't get a point on the board here. I'll go a little bit later then. I'll go 1990. Tim, you won a point, my friend. The Intellivision <laughs> officially discontinued in 1990. Wow, that was pretty late. I was surprised by that. Yes, yes. So one to nothing at this point. This next question is worth 1,000 points. Uh, We moved on to the NES. Which of the following games... You listen to them all. Which of the following games did Shigeru Miyamoto of Mario fame not design? Donkey Kong, Kid Icarus, Excitebike, or Legend of Zelda? Eric. Eric, which one? I'm going to say Excite Bike. That is not correct. That was a Shigeru Miyamoto game. Don't. One of two here. Tim, NES Uh, knowledge, NES knowledge. (laughs) I'm going to go with um, Legend of Zelda. Oh, my goodness. No, but that it was is incorrect. Probably and I'm Kid not, Icarus. It was it? Kid Icarus. It was Kid <laughs> yeah. Icarus. That was not not a Shigeru Miyamoto game. All right. Doing us proud here on Pixel Guide. Yeah, we're, we're experts in the field. 
All right, next question. Missed out on the million pointer there. Sorry about that, guys. Back to one point, <laughs> one point per question. What was the name of Sega's first console? Keep in mind, the Genesis was the third. Eric. Eric, what was it? SG-1000. Bing, 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 bing. Tie game. One point each. You got in there just before me. Well done. <laughs> All right, let me hold on. Before I forget, let me write down the score here. One, one to one, and one to one. One. Okay. That being said, from now on, they're worth three thousand and thirty-seven points each. Excellent. Okay. Okay. I'm just glad I'm not shut out. <laughs> I always, I always feel bad when I get shut out of a game of a game show, but it can't happen now, so I'm happy. All right. We move on to the PlayStation, and I would like <laughs> you guys to help me identify the name of this game. It was a 3D platformer that was originally supposed to be a spinoff of the Super Mario series featuring Yoshi, in which uh, the main character ended up resembling Yoshi very much, but it's not. Eric. Yes. Crash Bandicoot. Not correct. Not correct. All right. This is yours to win, Tim. So 3D platformer, originally a Mario spinoff featuring Yoshi, but it turned out they uh, had to change the entire world, and therefore the main character resembles Yoshi, but it's definitely not Yoshi. On the PlayStation. I want another Eric, guess Eric's ready after, after Tim's guess. You get a free guess there, Tim. I'll go with uh, Gex. Ooh, good guess, good guess, but no, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Eric, All what's right. the correct answer? Spyro the Dragon. Ooh, you're so close, but also not correct. Tim, oh. Tim, do you want one more stab at it? We're getting closer and closer here. <laughs> it's a very official game. Abe's Odyssey, I don't know. <laughs> nope, nope. Here, I'll give one last hint for whoever wants to take one last stab at it, but you have to call it your name. The main character only has one tooth. He's missing one that should be on the other side of his mouth. So he's from Rio Linda. <laughs> local <laughs> joke. Hey oh. <laughs> That's a local joke, yeah. Alright. No guesses, no guesses. No guesses. Croc. Croc. And now that we listed that off it, almost all the three D platformers <laughs> on the PlayStation One. Croc. I could have said it's also on the Saturn. But I did no not say that. was a croc. That was a croc. Alright. Moving forward, all the questions are gonna be three thousand and thirty eight points each. Um, in 1999, Nintendo paid an $80 million lawsuit to injuries due to which game? Is this still a PlayStation question or is this? No, this is Nintendo or Nintendo. Oh, just, okay. Nintendo here, I'll, this will be a hint as well, obviously, if I should have probably said it. We move from the PlayStation to the Nintendo 64 here. Oh, okay. 1999, Nintendo, Nintendo paid $80 okay. million dollar lawsuit due to injuries due to which game? Tim. Tim? Goldeneye, because the controls sucked on that. Mm, mm. Humorous, humorous, but no, I'm sorry. Come on, Eric. Make <sighs> Pixel Guide and Proud, gentlemen. I thought this one would be an easier one. $80 million, you said? $80 million. You're going through all the lawsuits you're aware of, right? And their values? I am. I really am. 
but I, I can't. Not on the N64. All right, I'll give one more hint. This is to bo- okay. both of you guys can say it now. Okay. It was due to the analog stick damaging people's hands. What? Really? You don't know this? I was going to say all of them because the analog stick was rubbish. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly, it sounded like you were asking for a specific game, and I'm I like, am. I can't think of a specific. And I, game. I experienced this myself when I played this game. I'll give you yet another hint. It, it, was, okay. it reminds me very much of the original issue that happened with, um, was it Track and Field? Yeah, yeah. Where people were like destroying their yeah, joysticks. Yeah, they were doing the joystick waggle to destroy the, yeah, the stick. Yeah, it's a game mechanic. I can't think of an N64 game that had that. Well, it wouldn't have been track and field because that had buttons originally, didn't it, I think? Right. Well, on, But I mean, on like Commodore. on the ports from the 64, like Commodore 64, you had to move the joystick back and forth. But Joystick killer. I can't think of an N64 game that has a repetitive motion. All like right, I'll, I'll pass up on it. I'll pass up on it. The correct okay, answer was it? Mario Party. There was a couple yeah. of mini games where you had to spin the analog stick in 360 degree motion as fast as possible for like as long as 30 seconds at a time. So you put your hand palm right in the center of it and just go, and people were like destroying their nerves in their the palm of their hand. Wow, <laughs> I did. I, I never heard of that before. Uh, I'll not, be honest. Not to mention, if you ever pick up any old Nintendo uh, controllers. That yeah. analog stick is usually like soggy, and that's because of that game. Because people doing that over and over again for hours. <laughs> all right, all right, one to one still. Okay, I'm gonna read this straightforward. Intrepid Izzy, Shadow Gangs, and a new physical version of the game Postal are all brand new releases for this system. Eric, Eric, what is it? PS2. Incorrect, Tim. Commodore 64. Oh, no, it's Portal, wasn't it? Not Postal, I was thinking. All right, let's start it again. I'll give one more hint. We are going through the ages, and we just passed Nintendo 64. Eric. Eric, what is it? Sega Saturn. Son of a gun, no. Was it? It was the same time, same generation, right? Same generation, yeah. Oh, well. Go ahead, Tim. Give it a guess. You could just say a a console after the the Saturn. (laughs) No, it was the Sega Dreamcast. Really? I should say it is the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, you can buy those games right now. Physical physical CDs of Intrepid Izzy Shadow Gangs. Actually, Eric, you'd like Shadow Gangs like a beat-em-up, it looks like. Huh. And a physical version of the game Postal, which they decided to release for the Dreamcast for some reason. I didn't know that was on... I thought that was PC only. Hmm. Well, okay. it was until some crazy person's like, oh, I'm putting on the Dreamcast in, 20, right. in 2023. We're still tied up. Tied at one each with only two questions <laughs> to go. Riveting game. We keep bringing this home. <laughs> keep in mind, almost all the questions were over 3,000 points each, but it's one That's to right. one. Gentlemen... The PlayStation Vita was cool, but promises yes. of a full-screen experience were made available with this device. Uh, Tim. Tim, what was it? Um, the <laughs> PlayStation TV. Yes, the PSTV. PSTV. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Tim, you now have a total of 3,039 points. 3039 
Uh, with one last question to go. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. the Wii U was a system that was unloved by very many people, unfortunately. Not very popular, but it had a lot no. of great Nintendo exclusives. Either fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, almost all those exclusives are now on the Switch. Which one of these games has not yet been ported to the Switch? Kirby, The Rainbow Curse, New Smash Brother, I'm sorry, New Super Mario Brothers U, Splatoon, or Pikmin 3? Tim. Tim, which one is it? Pikmin 3. Incorrect. That one has been ported. <laughs> In a deluxe edition. Deluxe. Deluxe. Eric, to tie it up. Yep. I am going to guess... What was the one after the the Super Mario Wii U? Uh, Splatoon. No, that one was on the Switch. What was the first one you said? Kirby, the Rainbow Curse. I'm going to pick Kirby, the Rainbow Curse. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Eric ties it up. <laughs> in overtime, we have to go ahead and get a winner here. So yes. In typical Pixel Gaiden tradition, mm-hmm. I have a tiebreaker I just threw together in my head. There's only one right. correct answer. And uh, it's a 50-50. And uh, Tim, because you led the game before Eric tied it up, you're going to get the choice here. Very, very simple question. It is also a retro question. Cindy Crawford or Kathy Ireland? (laughs) Easy. This is easy. Come on, Tim. Bring it home. Cindy Crawford. (laughs) I'm sorry. The correct answer was Kathy Ireland all day long. I honestly would have picked Kathy Ireland. Yep. yep. You would have been correct, uh, Eric, which makes you <laughs> the winner, by the way. So, Eric, well done. Congratulations. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> That's nothing wrong play. with Cindy. Nothing wrong with Cindy Crawford. Nothing wrong with. Nothing I, wrong with the, the beauty I, mark. The reason why I went that is I don't know Kathy Ireland, so. <laughs> You're missing out. Someone's, someone's going to be Googling Kathy Ireland later. Yep. <laughs> yep. Now. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get on those internets. Although you're probably going to see like a then and now, and the now is, you know, going to be yeah. 30 years uh, past the Kathy Ireland I'm familiar with. But all right, gentlemen, uh, that brings us right up to catching up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. And uh, we have, well, you guys have a lot to catch up on. Uh, we do. Specifically, Kathy Ireland related. We do. And I have less, hubba, hubba. less to catch up on. Did you Google? Did you Google? Yes, I did. Yes. She's very, very attractive. Lady. Yes. Yes. So she was the correct choice. It's, no no worries. You're ignorant of the, of the, the person. It's fine. You yeah. Know? So now, hey, you, now you let, can make the let correct me ask choice. you this in a completely vapid way here, Tim. Yeah. So now that you've seen her and you've seen Cindy Crawford, would would you change your answer? No, I wouldn't. No. Okay. okay. Cindy Crawford's still your girl, huh? Mm-hmm. I yep. can respect that. Respect. <laughs> um, so I am now sharing my screen. I am now scrolling to the part where we talk about cashing up. And Eric, you've got the first item here. What did you do between shows? So these are my just Steam picks that I picked uh, up this month. And the first one is Baldur's Gate 3, which is 
retro related because I love all the Baldur's Gate games. I played them on PlayStation two. Um, Baldur's Gate is a fantastic game. It used to be more like a Diablo kind of deal, but now with Baldur's Gate three, they integrated real Dungeons and Dragons rules and formulas and dice rolls into Baldur's Gate three. And when I first heard about that, I was like, well, that to me is going to sound kind of clunky, but man, they nailed the interface for Baldur's Gate 3. So I went and downloaded it and it's early access now. So it's still full price, but you get to play it early and, and the, the first levels are finished and they just keep adding multiple levels. So they're not really going to change a ton, but you basically are just, um, it's, it's really like Dungeons and Dragons, but you're playing real time going through um an adventure and you can add people to your party and there are these buttons along the bottom that you can cast spells and grab weapons and 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 basically when you go into combat it turns into a turn-based game but otherwise it's just a real-time game where you're going around exploring um it follows uh the uh man i always forget the the rule set that follows it's it's like, I don't remember, but... I thought it was Forgotten Realms. That's what it used to be, I thought, I, I believe. Well, no, it's... Uh, I can't remember, but they do follow the a particular popular Dungeons & Dragons rule set over the years. They follow it um, almost to a T. So uh, it it's fantastic. I played it, and then I showed my neighbor, and he went and picked it up. And uh, we're going to play and you can play multiplayer. So you can all be in the same party and go and do your Dungeons and Dragoning together online using Baldur's Gate 3. So it's something I think people would be very interested in, especially if they were into either old Baldur's Gate games or are were into um, Dungeons and Dragons of any kind. I tried to get into Baldur's Gate when I was younger. I actually saved up points. This is a nerdy story I think I've told on here. I would save up all of the Coke points by going going through all the recycle bins at school in, in yeah. high school and steal the cap top, the caps and turn in the codes and you'd get points and I turned I saved up for like 4 months and I bought Baldur's Gate with a physical copy came to yeah. my house. I think I st- I still have it up here. Um and I just couldn't get into the game because to me I was expecting something more like Diablo and it was very um, you'd play and have to hit like the space bar to pause and then select what you want your party to do and then hit unpause and then all of a sudden everyone would die and you'd have to start over. <laughs> That's how I, I don't remember that as part of Baldur's Gate, but um, but this Baldur's Gate three is way different than Baldur's Gate one and two. Yeah. So um, looks cool. and, and I I really enjoyed my time with it. I plan on just getting back into it when they start releasing more levels because I made it through all the levels already that they provided. Oh wow, nice. So I think I've put 20, 20, 25 hours into it. Oh, wow. So, Go, Eric. Yep. So it's a, it's a blast, and it's fun. Um, I, I can't really say too much more about it. I think um, if you're into it, you should go grab it. And then the only other Steam pickup I did was <clears throat> I did this kind of in a, in a reverse fashion. I was online. I think it was on Twitter, and I came across somebody that was – um, advertising for a new pinball game called Xeno Tilt. Yeah, we talked about that on our show <clears throat> last episode. Yeah, or? yeah, I think so. That's right. We we talked about it on the show, and then I came across some news about it, and then I was like, when I was researching it, I found out that it's from the same team that made Demons Tilt, 
And I didn't know about Demon's Tilt, so I went and bought it, and it was on. It happened to be on sale. It was only like around ten bucks. Yep. <clears throat> and I went and grabbed it, and I played it for about three hours straight, and loved it. Uh, it's kind of almost like a. It, it's very strange. It, it's a pinball game, but it's also got like these shmup elements, and it even has like kind of like weird platforming elements, which sounds very strange, but it all works, and it's actually pretty cool. Um, it does get very chaotic at times where I almost lose track of the ball because too much stuff's going on on the screen. Yep. Uh, so hopefully they kind of fix that in Xenotilt, but um, I it works in Tate mode, so I literally put it on my Steam Deck and then rotated my screen, and it worked perfectly. Uh, the sound is fantastic in this game. Yeah. So if you're into retro-inspired kind of pinball games, this is this is for you, Demon's Tilt. I'm yeah, laughing. A good one. I'm laughing, and I'm th- I, th- I thought you had it too, Tim. But I'm laughing because I feel like we're, our last episode we talked about Xeno Tilt, and I re- referenced Demons Tilt because I thought all Demon's three Tilt. of us had it. And uh, and I said pretty much everything you just said. It's amazing, but there's so much going on. It's hard for me to follow the rules. Um, oh, I didn't know we. I don't. I don't remember that we talked about it. But yeah, that's cool. That we did. Then maybe and, that's where I picked it up and just was doing research on it from from your own. You show. know from. Yeah, subliminal <laughs> advertising. There you go. It works. <laughs> and it was one of the reasons uh, I bought. It was the first game I bought after I got my flip grip. Oh, after, cool! After you talked me into the flip grip, so I could play it in Tate. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's one I probably want to learn the rules and get more into because uh, it's yeah, it's gorgeous and it looks very deep. But yeah, very cool. Awesome, awesome. Um, moving on to something Tim uh, wants to switch over to. <laughs> <Hoo-hoo>. <laughs> hey guys yes. yeah do you know that the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom is out on the 12th of may the new legend of zelda game no oh we did. i didn't know i didn't know the date i knew one was coming out but i want to know more talking about one I of those have... breath of the wild games oh yes <laughs> and i have pre-ordered it <laughs> i cannot wait nice <laughs> I loved Breath of the Wild. I, I really did. Uh, the only reason I stopped playing it was it did get started to get a little too repetitive. Um, but I mean, I got I probably put 35, 40 hours into it before I bailed on it. I didn't finish it. I didn't. But I, I, pl- I played a ton of it and got and opened up almost all of the world. Yeah. So you and I in the same it, boat. I got about 35, 40 hours. Uh, Doug, uh, I think was it Doug that hooked me up with that one? I think he yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no, I was similar. I was really enjoying it and then for whatever reason I just kind of lost interest after about 40 hours, but I know Tim you're in the majority. People love that game. So can't can't wait for Tears of the Kingdom. Um another game that I picked up this month on the Switch is The Pimble Wizard. So I don't know if you this. guys have seen this game. Um, I don't think so. It is, I don't know, a, a pinball dungeon crawler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the want of a better better phrase. I'm um, interested. You start out as this tiny little, uh, tiny little wizard guy. Um, and each pinball level uh, that you go into or tower. So you start off in, in a tower um, and you've got to sort of like progress up the levels or the floors of the tower. 
Um, and the, the little wizard is actually the pinball. So he's kind of like a, a small roundish character with legs. Yeah. Small (laughs) roundish kind of character with legs. Um, and the graphics on this are kind of like simplistic, but, um, not sort of like, I wouldn't say they're like retro pixel style. Um, but they're sort of like, um, Nintendo 64, but clean almost. Yeah. Ba- basic texturized, I guess. I w- they're not bad though. They're very stylistic. No, no, they're, they're very stylistic. Yeah. They're very nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you start off, um, the idea is, is that you've got to, um, hit the ball around the table, obviously scoring points, collecting, um, little credits. Uh, but you've got some nasties in, in each level. Uh, that you have to hit several times and then they will one of those will reveal a key um, that opens the door at the top um, and then you can then uh, we use the flippers to hit yourself out of that level now as you progress through the game your character can pick up um, special um, powers so one of the first powers that he gets um is the ability to sort of like stop on the table and then you get like this little arrow that spins around you and then you stop the arrow and then you do a sort of like a a really fast dash toward in the direction that the arrow is pointing so that helps you um kind of like get around some of the uh, to the more awkward parts of the table but also you can kind of use your use your dash to get out of the level um you once you get the key and the door opens up um you get like a little timer at the top and i think it's like 30 seconds to get out of the level if you get yourself out of the level within that time you replenish your health because what you have is you have um a health bar at the top um and that depletes obviously if you um, hit the baddies at the wrong time and then then you take damage rather than them take damage but how it works is you don't have balls as in, you know, three or four balls or three or four (laughs) wizards. You have um, a life bar. Now, each time you um, drain, as it were, come out, um, the go between the flippers, um, you lose some energy off of that life bar. Now, the higher you get up the tower, each time you drain out of the play field, you take more damage. So uh, as you go up that, as you go up to the tower, like I'm on tower uh, level 15 in the tower at the moment, I think. So literally each time you drain, you, you basically, you start, you, you die and you have to start again. So you're literally on one ball. Um, there are barrels on each level. So those barrels can, if you hit those barrels, you can top up your, uh, your life. Um, and uh, you can also um, have like the little light lightning bar, which is also for your um, like magic ability. So when you get those extra um, powers, you've got to have so much um, magic ability to be able to use those. Um, at the end of each level or the end of each game, you tot up your experience points that you get on each level. Um, and this this is just great fun. It's it's kind of like a role playing pinball game. <laughs> Yeah, it's super cool looking. Yeah. It is. The concept is really cool. Very unique. Yeah. 
yeah it's it's really different and there's also like a daily dungeon as well so there's a daily challenge so if oh, you cool. completed your tower then you can go into there um there's there, i mean there's there's obviously lots lots of towers and you get more abilities so some of the abilities are that um you get uh what was it um the the dash ability you get um uh, to launch another like little pinball from yourself so another ball comes out like a, a magic orb and that can go around the table as well um you can also get uh, uh, uh potions that stop you um losing so much power when you're dropping down um from um each level so yeah there's there's so much to this and it's a great game nice good find yeah that's great yep. good find i might have to pick that one up and the last one for me on this one on the Switch is there was a Mario Kart track update. So hmm. we had another four tracks, um, and that included a Fruit Cup <laughs> and the Boomerang Cup. And there was a returning character from Mario Kart Double Dash on the GameCube. I don't know if you remember the Birdo character. Um, of course, from Super Mario yeah. 2. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Birdo appeared in that and Danica has been playing with Birdo a lot. She likes that character. <laughs> so it's funny. So that's released, uh, now. And I learned about it because my little nephew called us today, uh, and had to tell me that there's a new, a new pack out. So I quickly downloaded it while he was on the phone to show him that I was excited too. And, uh, right before we hopped on this recording, uh, my wife and both my girls were over there just playing all the new levels and, my daughter Addie was Birdo because that's who she always uses for Mario Party. Yeah, nice. and and so we, I learned about this and then played it just all of uh, in the last couple hours. So I have to go download it now too. So dang it. <laughs> cool. So, I, so um, speaking of Birdo, <laughs> oh, here's my. <laughs> there's segue. no way to there's no way to segue this one <laughs> when it comes to uh, Nintendo characters with trumpet mouths. I think Birdo is pretty sexy. Speaking of sexy things yeah we have a um <laughs> uh, i don't i don't know uh, uh, like um a, uh, a good a sh- kind of like a shop goodwill or something like that but it's it's uh they sell electricals and um games and you can trade in stuff and all that sort of stuff and we what have are they a shop called? over here called cex or sex that's <laughs> really bizarre that it's called that yeah it is <laughs> yeah and just to right. prove that I'm not lying. Here, here is the bag. Cex, sexy. So I got, got a like sexy a little logo on there, kind of. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> so in this bag is my sexy little pickup. Okay. And it is. Oh, look at this! Oh, nice Kirby's pinball. Oh, what is that? Kirby's pinball. <laughs> oh, that is a good pickup, guys. Nice. Yeah. I'm in love. That- <laughs> yeah that's what i like to hear so the question is is it better than Re- revenge of the gator or is it just below it on your favorite game boy games um i think personally it's better really mm-hmm. yes that surprises yeah. me okay because yeah. I, I i remember i played that one not after we did revenge of the gator i played kirby's pinball and i really enjoyed it but i don't know i i would think i i might i might be a little more biased towards uh, gator's pinball Mm-hmm. I can I can understand, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just something about this game has just really hit me, and I've just been nice. putting a ton of time into this game. Oh, it's so good! I mean, it really so is good. great. It really so is good. great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 
I'm, I think I'm going to do like a, a, a little YouTube video, I think, that will put this one and Revenge of the Gator um, on together. I, I, I just love this. And the, the one thing as well with this game is it's got someone's high scores already saved on it. <laughs> and that's kind of like giving me a goal to shoot for. It's, now you got to fight it. Yeah, now you gotta, on this. <laughs> yeah, it's your cartridge. You wipe those games off of there. You wipe, wipe their initials off of there, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool. It's giving me something to shoot for. I haven't even got the bottom of the high score yet. So it's something crazy like, I don't know. Uh, this It's not a massively high scoring game, this one. Not like Revenge of the Gator. So I think it's like three, the lowest score is like three and a half million. And I've managed to get around about two and a half million so far, I think. So um, I've got a little way to go yet. But yeah, this is absolutely brilliant. I would recommend if you've not played Kirby's Pinball yet on the Game Boy, um, go out and uh, either grab a copy. Uh, I paid £10 for this one, which I think was an absolute bargain. I mean, it's just a loose cartridge. Uh, It's not not got the box or anything like that, but I didn't think that was too bad a price. And how often do you find anything worth buying out of those charity stores anymore? Oh, they're, these, they're, well, they're definitely not a charity store, and normally they charge way over price, so I don't oh, okay, really okay. buy anything from them. Um, but I just literally just saw it in the, in the they must have had a, a bunch of Game Boy stuff come in, and I saw it there, and I thought, oh, it's probably going to be like 30 quid knowing them, 30 pound. Um, and then when he said 10 pounds, like, mm, yeah, okay, I'll buy that. I'll have that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet, but I know you guys, the ma- same people um, that made uh, Revenge of the Gator. How so two, two great pinball games. Yeah. So, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, I really have no cashing up that is retro video game related, but one thing that is retro related, at least, it might remind some of us of our childhoods, I have to unplug my mic here and stop, let's see, can you, there we go, I'm not sharing now. I don't know what I look like, but I probably, yeah, I'm probably pretty ghost-like. So, let's see if I can get the full effect here. Oh, I don't think I'll be able to reach. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. So I thought you guys would be describing it since I had to be off mic, but I'll do it for <laughs> us. Um, I'll turn my lights back on. So long story short... My our, my little game room slash music room hangout pad place here. Uh, my buddy, I forget how this happened, but um, I, I was just like, maybe I should put up like some blacklight stuff. And then he's like, yeah, they have tapestries on Amazon. I'm like, what do you mean tapestries? And for like $20 each, you can get their uh, like nine foot by six foot tapestries. Uh, eight foot by six foot. And so I just bought like six of them and just lined the entire walls in here. And I replaced all the light bulbs in my uh, fan fixtures with black light bulbs so that I can turn off the main lights and just turn on the black light bulbs whenever I want. And the whole room, li- room lights up. So just glows. Just, the whole room just glows. <laughs> and it's funny because you can't find like normal black light posters. Like, uh, I mean, when I say normal, I mean, like, it'd be cool if there was like a, a I don't know metroid blacklight poster or something something like that but no they all have to be um they usually have dragons some and... dragons with mushrooms <laughs> yeah <laughs> or uh or like an amazon rainforest with mushrooms or wolves with mushrooms <laughs> with mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> the other one that's really popular which is bizarre i have one of them over here 
is these really cool underwater scenes where you'll see like jellyfish and stuff and it looks uh, you know it's over the top and exaggerated but it's all like underwater animals and things i'm like that looks really cool but every single one of them they throw an astronaut in the middle of <laughs> eat in a mushroom <laughs> so i've got an, an astronaut like chilling with jellyfish on the other wall this one over here is like audrey like a little shop of horrors it's these crazy carnivorous plants with like vicious teeth i don't know why but it's really bright and cool looking um i've got a cool looking one that's kind of that actually is pretty cool it's like tokyo and another one that kind of looks like um almost like uh like the Sega Master System boxes with a little grid with like a car driving into like a, a almost like a old school virtual reality like beach scene. Um, anyways, it's all just black lighted out, so I'm having fun with it. And uh, when we all hang out over here, we'll be able to flip on the black lights and get and get weird. That's all. Black lights and knives. Black lights or have you, and knives. Or have you moved on from knives? <laughs> I still like the knives, but I have many other hobbies, which we'll get to some more later Later here. But until then, uh, you've been tidying up the loft, I see. Yes, yeah. I had a, I had another um, uh, uh, encounter with COVID. <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had some... Uh, time on my hands one saturday which is very rare um and my my loft space where i keep all of my stuff it doesn't look like it but i've had a really good sort out in one one particular corner of uh, of the of the room um so i gave it a good old tidy up um and managed to sort of like clear out a few bits and pieces um because it was I was starting to get a bit worried about the uh, the amount of CRTs and things that I had up in this loft with with it being uh, <laughs> all up in the ceiling. So I managed managed to have a good clear out there. Um, and I've also got a few pickups um, that I need to show you. It's not, not a massive amount of stuff. Um, but one of the uh, things, that, another thing I got this month, and this that I managed to get this at quite a good price, um, is micro Ooh. machines on the NES. Oh, oh the nice. NES one. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I played and a ton of that, and it's got the the plug through cartridge. Yeah, so it's made by Codemasters, who also makes the Game Genie, yeah. and that's basically the Game Genie cartridge. But that's a, a micro machines game with that port. What does that do for you? So all it is, is it basically it gets around the need for them to do the Nintendo copy protection chip. The region unlocking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all you do is you just put a Nintendo cartridge in the back of that and then plug this into the NES. <laughs> That's brilliant. And off it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So if you buy an NES and this one game, it won't work. You have to have at least one other game. Exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's cool. So yeah, so I've got that. Um, I also managed to pick up. I kind of want to pick one of those up. I don't know if that came out in that format over here because we got, a, I want to say, a gold cart micro machines. We did. We got the gold cart one with the um, with the controller port on the top. No, that, I have one yeah. that's like that. The Genesis had like not for NES. No, not the, for NES. That's right. No, the Genesis yeah, one. Yeah. Did that. Yeah. Genesis has got the two. I got that one here. Um, uh, yeah, the two control ports. I want one of those just because it's novel. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I also managed to find this. Now, this is this isn't a pickup. This was in my parents' loft. Um, Ooh, it's not free particularly pickup. interesting, but it's this really old, dusty Dell keyboard. Okay. <laughs> 
but it's like the proper nice yeah like a really nice proper high quality keyboard that one and it's a the ps2 connection <laughs> managed to find it haven't managed to dust it off yet though gotta leave it on there it's patina <laughs> this is the part of the show once again where tim goes off mic and keeps talking Another two zip sticks into the collection. There you go. More zip sticks. Man, you got a huge joystick collection now. This I, I couldn't resist these. I picked these two were four pounds off of eBay. I they just labeled them up as joysticks and had oh, really couple that. of dodgy pictures on it. So that that was a bargain pickup that was. <laughs> something else for um something I'm gonna be working on with uh, Rod from Future was eight bit. Okay. Um, is this? That is a big metal box. It's blue. It's a big and metal it... box, and that is an EEPROM eraser. Oh wow! Oh cool. Yeah, and I've got the EEPROM writer down here as well, which oh, I've had cool. for a while. Um, so there's a few things that are afoot with Future Was Eight Bit that I'm going to be helping out with, and it's requiring one of these. So nice. That's what I've got. Very cool. That's very cool. That'd be fun to play with. I've been wanting to play with EEPROMs, kind of make my own cartridges and stuff. That'd be yeah. really fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that, so that's a little project I'm working on. I think you've got some kind of project going on there as well, haven't you, Eric? I do. And I wanted to, this one's going to have to sit back and get ready for a story. Okay. This is, uh, is going to take beer. a bit to explain. Okay. So I roll into Legacy Toys and Games, which is our local, here in Elk Grove, our local... Um, retro gaming video store and i go and i talk to glenn who's the owner there and i say hey glenn what do you got for me you know i was asking what the cool stuff in the back is and cody knows that he was selling some neo geo uh, upright like the arcade machines um and he wanted x number of dollars for him and it doesn't matter to me because i can't afford i i don't have the space to put an arcade machine or else i'd i'd get a Neo Geo machine. So like, I would love to have that, but there's no way I'm going to take home an arcade machine. My wife would kill me. So, um, I just said, Hey, well, okay. Hey, what do you have that else? That's cool. And he said, well, you know, when I got those Neo Geo machines, he, the guy that sold them to me also had a motherboard for a one slot Neo Geo motherboard so and he was like and i got it if you want to i haven't tested i haven't done anything with it but if you want it um i'm willing to you know sell just the motherboard so i was like okay so he sold me a motherboard with samurai showdown nice so i got the full mvs cartridge for samurai showdown and i got the motherboard for uh, I think both of those together was a hundred bucks, but it was literally a motherboard yep. and a one slot MVS motherboard. Okay. Consolize it. Consolize it. So <laughs> I was like, okay. And I, at this point I didn't know anything about Neo Geo MVS stuff. Okay. I, so I literally went home, I bought it and I went home with it and I sat down in front of my computer and I, for about two hours, I just researched what I needed to do. Your, your wife because was it, like, what did you buy? You're like, I actually don't, no, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I don't I have no really idea. know yet. Don't know. So I learned that. I mean, you can't even take that and hook it to a TV. You can't. There's nothing you can hook it up to. You literally can't test this motherboard. 
So then I learned that you need a super gun. So I went and got a super gun. Nice. It has a jammer interface, doesn't it? So this one has a JAMA interface that plugs into motherboard, and then it has two slots for joysticks. Um, it has a SCART connector right on the yeah. top there. It has component right here, the little component connection with the audio. So this took a long time to come over. So because you got you can't get these locally. I tried. I would have paid extra to get it locally to get it faster, but I couldn't find anywhere locally that had it. So I went and got the super gun from China. Took about, it wasn't that long. It was about two and a half weeks. Plugged it in and it works like a charm. Really? Works perfectly. Nice. And all the caps, it looks like it got recently recapped. There's a Varta battery on there that that saves the dip switch settings and all that stuff. The Varta battery looks like it's brand new. I'd take that Um, out, replace it. So (laughs) plug that in and boom, it works, right? Now, mind you, I don't have any Neo Geo joysticks. Boom, Bob's uncle. Exactly. Bob's your uncle. uncle. It works. Um, But anyway, so couldn't couldn't really do that. So I got this little interface that let me hook up a PlayStation 2 um, controller to it, and that worked. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, at least I can play the games now. Samurai Showdown, because that's all I had. Yep. So then I decide, like like you just (laughs) said, Cody, I said... I want to consoleize this bad boy. Yes. So I went to Lions3, lions3.com. Eric's and going I bought, all in. I bought. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> so I bought, like, it, it is a plexiglass encasing. It goes on the bottom, so as you can see through that. Um, it, it has this nice black smoked thing that says Neo Geo MVS on it. And um, it. It, it it was very easy to put together, and it wasn't that expensive either. I think it was 50 bucks. Now, it looks like that has its own separate super gun. So you have two super guns now? Nope. So the super gun plugs into the front here. Oh, okay. okay. The, so the JAMA thing plugs into the front, and so you can hook it all up. Um, so it, and, it doesn't integrate that. I thought it might have a... <clears throat> yeah, some... Nope, this one doesn't integrate. This one literally okay. is just a plexiglass housing that kind of you know protects the motherboard or whatever. And then I also got online. There was a guy in Texas selling this 161 in one yep. multi cart because the the Neo SD cart that you have, Cody, is sold out everywhere. Yeah. So I do plan on getting that someday, but I I didn't want to wait. And this has 95 percent of the games I want to play on it. The the obvious missing ones are, um, I mean, of the original Neo Geo games, is it doesn't have Ghost Pilots, which I really want. And it doesn't have. Um, there's one other one. Is it the one that are probably the 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 Giga Carts? Is it? Um, I no, I don't know. I remember looking at that option, and um, yeah, I noticed there was to me there was a lot more than just five percent missing. But um, and I guess and I mean I'm I'm talking about the games I want to play. Understood, understood. Yeah. And so it has it has Neo Turf Masters, which is mega important. It has like all the Samurai Showdowns. It has all the KOF games, which I know isn't a big deal to you. It has Neo- Nightmare in the Dark, which is one I really wanted. Neo Turf um, Masters. I love that game. Has um, it got League Bowling on it? I think it does have League Bowling on it. Um, it there's a ton. There's wind, a wind ton jammers. on it. All the Metal that's Slugs. Got to have Wind Jammers. All, yeah, that's it. It doesn't have Wind Jammers. Ah. Doesn't have Wind Jammers, and that Ooh, sucks. Baby. So that, that disappoints me. <laughs> 
So I will be getting the Neo SD when it's in stock and after I can save yeah. up some money. And then the last thing I got for it, because <laughs> I couldn't stand that the using a PlayStation controller with it, I got the fit like the it's an official NS, yep. SNK controller, but it's not the one you have, Cody. It's the one it's for the CD. One. It's the yeah. It's the shape. Yeah. It's one that has a little more uh, like rounded edges one. to it. Yep. But it's the four four thing. It's got the clicking controller. Yep. So this one is kind of a rounder, more I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, believe I think it came that with one the... came with the CD. Yep. Yeah, the Neo. I CD. think you're right. But it works great, and I love it. It works really well. I plug it in, and then I also have that other one for play, like uh, two player games. Or I'll just but bring the, mine over. Um, <laughs> yep. But the Super Gun has the buttons on it to like change the soft dip switches too, so I can change the difficulty, um, yeah, credits, nice. starting credits, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm loving it. I, I've I've been playing Neo Turf Masters more than I should be, and I just okay. it's. So when it, it, so when I, when I came over there, Eric, we saw yeah. a Neo Geo in mm-hmm. one of the stores that we went round. Now, yes, what, yes. what was that? That was like five hundred and ninety dollars or something like that. I think it was around eight hundred dollars. Was it eight hundred? Yeah, okay. I think, I think it was eight hundred dollars for the AES system, the one that Cody has. So, what are you all in on that one so far? Then <laughs> not not as much as you think. I mean, not as much as you think. Um, the board with Samurai Showdown plus the the Lions Three thing plus. So that together is about 200. The multi-cart was 40, so 240. And then the controller I got from Japan, I had it shipped over from Japan for 50. So it was probably, I'd say about, what, 300 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm all in for 300 bucks with a full MVS system. And and the cool thing is if you want to get individual games on MVS, they're a lot less expensive. Yeah. So you can get more uh, cheaper, aren't they? Yeah. 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 I want to get wind jammers, but that one was about 400 bucks when I looked at it. So yeah. hopefully I can find something oh, cheaper or just wait for the Neo. Cause for that price, I just get the Neo SD card. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that's my NG project. Yay. Awesome. That is cool that you went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Neo Geo and the super gun and the JAMA stuff and just, just learned a ton of stuff. So yeah. Cool. Ye- ye- years ago, I had a super gun. And I actually collected arcade boards that I could just play straight, plug yep. in straight through. I had like 15, 20 boards, I think, that I would just literally just swap over swap like cartridges. the whole board, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I when, just, when I, I first learned about it, I was lot. like, Super Gun? What is this, like for a light gun or something? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know the, what it was. Like, I, I, I had no they, idea. Never knew why they called it that, but. No, sure. I have no idea either. But it works like a charm. I mean, it works fantastic. So Very cool. Cool. Cody, what's going on? Um, Oregon, Oregon Trail, Oregon. <laughs> no, so again, I don't have a whole lot to to talk about this month, but this was interesting. This happened actually right before we recorded our la- our, our first portion of this episode, Eric. But um, my girls came home from school. Uh, one of them came home from school and uh, basically said, "Yeah, they're learning about you know the 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 settlers coming west to California, you know." Yeah. And uh, the teacher basically said, "Hey, if you guys want extra credit." She gave him a link to a website that has a, a web version of Oregon Trail. And she said, if you can beat it, you get five points extra credit. So my daughter pulls up her laptop and starts playing Oregon Trail on her laptop. Nice. And, and then my other daughter joins her. And here's what really kills me is I played that game a ton when I was a kid, obviously. And we mostly just did the hunting. But 
I've never survived a game of Oregon Trail. Uh, my daughter won it on her fifth game. She beat the game. Nice. And then my other daughter beat it in two. So first of all, <clears throat> I'm frustrated. Second of all, I realized they never hunted once. So I think they took hunting out of the game. Like maybe that's not politically correct or something. Like can't we can't hunt anymore. Oh. Um, and then because I thought about that, I'm like, there's, they've got to have made the game easier. It's got, that's, they have to have done something to make the game easier. But regardless, my girls uh, picked up Oregon Trail and were all about it for like an hour and a half one night, and they both beat it. <laughs> that was kind of cool. That's cool. I'd have to see the web version because I played that a ton in like, what was it, 84, 85 yeah. at school. Like it was on the the TRS-80 computer. Like I, I was, would load up Oregon Trail and try to play that one and. This was a colored version. It was probably like a you know a DOS version or something. But yeah, yep, cool. I, Good I, for I, them. I didn't play that until I got my <clears throat> Apple II. Did you beat it, or um, did you just get dysentery? No, I just keep dying of dysentery. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, yeah, I've been uh, picking up a few Commodore sixty four games as well. Um, I've been slacking on the Commodore 64 recently. Um, I know Cody picked up um, A Pig's Quest, uh, which yep. is a new game by Piggy18 and released <laughs> through Protovision, uh, which was coded, uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy, uh, but it was anti, Antonio, Antonio Savona. Savo- yeah. Yeah, Antonio Savona. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been playing that one. I played that on the Commodore 128 because I read through the blurb on the PDF. And apparently when you play it on the 128, there's some minor enhancements. The screen swapping is a bit quicker. Um, so I played it on the 128. And Danica had a couple of games on that as well. In fact, she played it before I did. <laughs> <laughs> Loaded it up. She said, oh, I want to play this. And grabbed the controller. Oh, okay. Off you go. That's a, <laughs> did she do pretty well? Because I, I, So I played it as well a little bit. And man, that, that's not the easiest game in the world. No, it's not. I, I get to... Um, the first part the first level and there's these swirly warp things i don't know what you do with them i I go go near them and i can't can't go through any of them and i've just just got stuck on that bit so um yeah haven't haven't gone too far into it but yeah it's really nice very well presented graphics are really good nice music on that one but it's Uh, very old school in the way that you kind of play it until you die and then you start all over yeah yeah so yeah, and I heard there's a ton of content in it. So you're getting you you're getting a lot of bang for your buck there. But yeah, if it's you know I, I want to play it some more, but I I did have to move on to some other stuff. But I I, I do want to go back to it. But it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Yep. Um, and the next one I picked up was one that I've seen about for a little while, which was Muddy Races by Monty yeah. Boyd. Uh, Monty's also did did uh, what was it your was it your game of the year? Eric's Knights and yeah. Slimes. Knights and Slimes. That was yeah. my game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's produced Muddy Races. Um, this is sort of like a top-down uh, off-road or sprint kind of off-road. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, yeah. Kind of uh, racer, single screen. Um, so going around the track on there. Um, been having some fun with that. Um, nice graphics. Again, nice, some nice music on that one. And you can kind of like feel that uh, quality in the game, the, the, the nights and slime quality in the game. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, another, a, another one by Monty. Brilliant. Gorgeous, really good gorgeous game. game. Great. Like you said, great sound, great presentation. I think it's a game, the way that it's, it's 
programmed. I struggle playing it, I think, versus the computer. Like, the first two levels are pretty easy, and then you just get destroyed. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun putting two joysticks in and playing with a buddy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's de- definitely a, a two two or... A, can you can you do up to four players on that one? I, I, I bet there's a way to do it. I bet yeah. he yeah. has that programmed yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a couple of 64 games I've picked up. Um, now, Eric, you've been doing some real big project work recently. I have, <laughs> no, because this month project. has been like the month of <laughs> hardware projects for me, which is great because the last two or three months... I haven't done any hardware projects, so this is kind of me getting back into hardware stuff. And uh, so this one was about, um, so I had a Sega Game Gear, and I wanted to do some mods on it, and I wanted to install a better screen as I do with all the handhelds that I have, pretty much, so that they're easier to look at and I want to play them more, right? I mean, that makes sense. So all the handhelds that I have, and I covered this on my segment last month or, or not last month, two weeks ago, last episode on the last episode, I covered uh, modding handhelds and I talked about installing uh, upgraded screens on almost every one of the ones that I have. But when I got to the Sega game gear, it it's very involved. It's, it's, it's many, many solder points um, on, on basically chip legs on very tiny chip legs and I have a Sega Game Gear, and I was ready to kind of experiment with it and tinker with it and try to install this upgrade. But when I went online, I found this um, seller on eBay, and I got into a conversation with him, and he was called something like the Tickle Pickle or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stay away. But I talked to him. Stranger and danger. They, <laughs> it was something like that, yeah. Um, but I got in a conversation with them and they said, and I said, yeah, you know, I can see the, what you have on sale on eBay, and, and I want to... Get that um, pickle tickle, that Ben yeah. Ven style like uh, video upgrade, and he said, "Well, tell you what, I'll send you, I'll send you a system or, or a motherboard with the upgrade if you'll just send me the one you have, and I can then upgrade that one and resell it." Um, and I said, "No problem, let's do that." And he sent me the motherboard with the video um, upgrade already installed on it. It's recapped as well. Awesome. And so I got that and it was, it worked brilliantly. It was great. And then I decided just to throw it in an orange and white, um, an orange and white shell, and then also do an audio upgrade on it. And this is the result. So this is the, uh, uh, game gear with the, with the Ben Ven upgrade plus an audio upgrade with a resistor on it. Like there's like a little resistor and a couple other little, doodads to do the audio upgrade Very so cool. it's, it's like a uh, creamsicle the full, yep the full bright screen audio upgrade and so i i spent a day after i put it all together and had this nice really cool everything feels brand new on this game gear which is really weird because the game gear i had before was very clunky and old and like yeah like the cartridge half worked. Like you put the cartridge in, it didn't work right. You have to pull it out, put it back in. Blow on it. You know, it was. This is like almost like opening a brand new Game Gear. You know, when it was first sold. I mean, it. it everything just works on it, which is a surprise to me. I'm not used to a Game Gear where everything works. <laughs> um, but I started playing some games, and and one thing I found out about the Game Gear is I didn't know Streets of Rage was on there, but it was because because it was called something else. It's called Bare Knuckles. Yeah, bare knuckle. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So like, I'm like, I'm like looking through there and I see this bare knuckles and I'm looking at it and it's basically Streets of Rage in Streets of Rage 2 on, <laughs> on a handheld. And it's awesome. I literally sat down and played all the way through till I beat it. Nice. <laughs> um, and then I actually wanted to find shmups and I found a lest and a lest two power strike. Yep. And they, 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 they're awesome. And then I found one called Haley, Haley war. Or yeah, I just or, saw that on your screen. I have never heard of that, heard of that one. Howley War, and it's awesome. It is an awesome shmup on the Game Gear. So, huh. like, I played all these shmups and bare knuckles and just got really into it. The Game Gear is kind of an undiscovered country for me. Like, I, I, I never delved really deeply into its library, but there's some real gems in there. Very so, cool. anyway, fully upgraded. I love nice. it. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's got translucent back. Yeah, that's a cool-looking mm. Game Gear you got there. Yeah, really and so cool. it's orange and white. Um, I don't know about the purple buttons. I might change those out, but I mean, oh, I they're like okay. I, 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 if you went white, they'd be even cooler, but I like yeah. them. Yep. So anyway, brand new Game Gear pretty much for me. and Nice. That is that. Excellent. All right. We got just a couple left here, and we got to get to our sixth good game segment, which I'm looking forward to. But uh, really quick, I wanted to throw in one more thing in here. This actually happened while Eric and I were waiting for Tim last time we recorded which turned out we put again we, we didn't realize the time change and we screwed that up so tim never showed up that night uh until we were asleep but while we were sitting there wasting time eric mm-hmm. uh you might remember something boggled my mind and that is you saw a little creature behind me yes the boggling yeah there. He's called a Boglin. I've had him, uh, well, I bought him in college because in college he was retro. I remember having uh, friends who had those things as kids. And so quickly I did a quick eBay search to see, you know, how much these little things are going for nowadays. And it turns out in 2021 they released Boglins again, new versions of the old Boglins, which are these hand puppets, <laughs> like rubberized. Hold on, Tim. Hold- this oh, is the Cody part. stepped away from the camera again. Exactly. <laughs> from yep. the mic, yeah. <laughs> I mean, check this thing out. <laughs> it looks like oh. me. He can move his eyes around. <laughs> so it's They're like very a, cool. It's like a yeah. rubber hand puppet. Um, you, you can just, just looking at the plastic, you can smell it without even, they probably threw the, through the video, but, <laughs> and they come in these cool boxes with cages. So, uh, anyways, while Eric and I were sitting here, uh, talking, killing time, I researched and found out GameStop was blowing them out for like $18 each. So I bought three new Boglins and two of them are glow in the dark. So they're going to go out in the black light room and they're just going to glow in their cages. So I'm stoked about, wow. about picking up some Boglins. <laughs> so that's all. That's all. Awesome. That's really right. cool. It'd be cool if they made a Medusa boggling, don't you think, Tim? <laughs> yeah, it would. It would be really cool. So um, just a quick update to say um, my uh, Medusa is back. It's been replaced. I've got a brand new one. Um, so I want to say uh, thank you to the guys over at Retro Lemon um, who supply these in the UK. Um, the Medusa is now back and fixed. For those who, who don't know, um, my Medusa, which is uh, an upscaler, uh, so it's got a, a SCART socket on there so you can plug in all your retro consoles, including uh, Commodore 64, so it'll upscale um, uh, composite as well as RGB. Um, 
and this this little box does a great job of that um and my one broke unfortunately um and we had a bit of backwards and forwards between uh retro lemon who's the company who got it here in the uk and lotharek who's the actual maker of it eventually um retro lemon stepped up and said yep yeah, don't worry about it we'll get it replaced um so i sent my one back to them and uh yeah it's all good it's been replaced and uh, good. all sorted so i'm back in back in the game Nice. Back in the upscaling game. <laughs> awesome. Retro retro lemon, retro citrus. Citra. There's my thing. Citra. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, I, I have two things to talk about. More um, hardware? More hardware? <laughs> more hardware stuff. I got one more hardware thing. Dude, so really? My goodness, Eric. It's a little story I want to tell. Another story here. Um, it's not often that my work life like blends into my gaming life, but... It's happened a few times in the past, uh, but this time it was very interesting. So I have a client, it's a construction company, and they have these things that are called surveillance vans. And the surveillance vans basically send the cameras down into these tunnels that they dig out, and they have to record the work they do for certain clients so that they can see if they make mistakes or whatever. Uh Um, It's part of their insurance, part of the contract. So they used to have to man these surveillance vans with three people, one guy in the van controlling the cameras, one guy at the hole where they drop the camera <laughs> in. Yeah. And then another guy that is the safety guy, like monitoring the whole thing. Right. And so they came to me and they were like, Hey, how can we simplify this? How can we like make it so that really one guy can go out there in the surveillance van and do his and do the job. Okay. Yeah. And so I got to looking at how the, the the camera works, and it works on Wi-Fi, and I, I started tinkering around with it. And so I decided that the best way to fix this would be with a gaming laptop. Okay. And here it is, the GPD Win 2 Max. There you go. So this little laptop has controllers couple of analog and sticks, buttons. a D-pad, and some buttons, just like a video game pad, yeah. And on the back, there are the triggers. Yep. Yeah. And so they can take this laptop, hook it to the Wi-Fi, which joins the surveillance van's Wi-Fi node, and control the camera while looking at that screen. That's very cool, and, but doesn't that uh, model uh, transmit straight to China? Exactly. Everything that we're doing? <laughs> but this is my GPD. This is the GPD Win Max 2. Um has a little trackpad right here for you to control, but I've been playing, um, I played, a um, what is the roguelike card game? Uh, Slay the Spire. Yeah. I've been playing Slay the Spire on this thing and it runs perfectly. It's an i7 with, uh, eight gigs of Ram. And I mean, it's a, it's a very capable Spicy. gaming machine. Ooh, yeah. I was going to say, if you pull that thing all the way back, it's basically just a gigantic handheld gaming device. <laughs> yeah. A- so it's almost like a steam deck, but yeah. it's like in a different configuration, but I've been doing, I, I installed all my work stuff on here so I can actually do work on this little thing, but it fits like in the palm of your hand. So cool. So how much were they? So this one was, I mean, I basically, this is like a 2021 model. So it was only about 400 bucks. So I bought three of them for, uh, well, I don't, I shouldn't say their name, but it's a, a client of mine. <laughs> I bought three of them and uh, they've been using them on their surveillance vans and it's been working great, but I get to keep this one because I have to do all their updates and stuff. So very cool. I've got another very little cool. gaming device. Nice. And then the only other little thing I had left was that um, 
on my Steam Deck, I was trying Citra, which is the 3DS emulator, which is part of Emu okay. Deck. And uh, I've been playing 3DS games on there. And I've been tinkering with the settings, and I found a way. Usually you have each screen, because the 3DS has two screens, obviously. And you yeah. can do them side by side. Or you can have the main one big and then the second one small. And the nice thing about Steam Deck is it's got a touch screen, so you can like kind of emulate what's going on. It plays 3DS basically very well. But one thing I did, which was really cool, and I got a tip on this on Twitter, and then I tried it myself, and I had to, I had to tinker with the settings, but it eventually it worked out fine, is... When I dock my Steam Deck, it's kind of sitting upright. I can use that as the smaller screen, like the the bottom screen where it has the touch screen and do all that stuff. But I can project the second screen onto the big screen above it. Oh, there you go. Nice. So it's almost like a giant 3DS clamshell (laughs) that I can play like sitting there at my desk, and it works perfectly. So literally the Steam Deck itself is the touch screen, the bottom screen. Which it is. Yep, and then the 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 big screen is a full size my full size gaming that's awesome. monitor, and so 3ds is emulated perfectly on this thing, and I can just play any game I want. It's pretty awesome. Way cool, nice man. Yep. All right, Tim. Last one of the month here. Yep. So just very very briefly, um, I I alluded to it earlier. Um, met up with uh, Rod from Future Was Eight Bit. Um, and we went into a, a localish town, a place called Dorchester. Um, and for the want of a better word, we, uh, they, they have like, um, I don't know, uh, cafes or, um, like basic restaurants or something like that where you can get, uh, we call them greasy spoons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You Same can here. just get mega, mega breakfasts. And, uh, we had, the biggest breakfast <laughs> on the menu. <laughs> there it is. It's absolutely huge. <laughs> wow. I want that. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. Um, it had beans, uh, bacon, uh, hash browns, fried bread, uh, two sausages, <laughs> fried eggs, tomatoes, and an absolute mountain of uh, fried potato chips. Um, huge, huge. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, we, we were just catching up on a few bits and, um, there's a, like I alluded to earlier, there's a, a, a new project coming up that he wants me to help him with on a, a few bits and pieces. So I'll be uh, delving into, uh, burning some EPROMs and stuff. Very cool. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah. We are, I think we are sufficiently caught up now. We are. And I'm sufficiently hungry for a greasy spoon, British breakfast. Exactly. Which- I've I've only had a true British breakfast or English breakfast, I guess I should call it, right? Uh, once, um, and it was amazing. Um, and I don't know what it is about it, but it somehow works. Between it should tomato and sausage it, and beans on toast, and I don't know what else is on there, but it's just like why is all this not all this brown stuff somehow go together and it's delicious? It's it's not a full English <clears> breakfast, is <throat> if it isn't mostly brown. Yeah, it's, it's the Commodore 64 of breakfasts. <laughs> Although I know you didn't do it properly because uh, I was always taught, and I agree, with HP sauce. So, no. just saying. Brown sauce. Brown sauce. More brown. Rod, Rod, Rod has brown sauce, but not me. I, I can't, I can't <laughs> brown sauce. <laughs> All right. So, let's go ahead and move on in to a segment we like to call Six Good Games. <laughs> Good 
And Tim, I believe you helped us come up with the topic for this six good same game segment. What was that? Yeah, sorry, guys. I'm guilty for this one. It's uh, six good games on the Evercade. So I love the Evercade mean, cartridges. <laughs> what do you mean guilty? I love going through because I tried several games to try to find these. I, I loved going through it because the Evercade's awesome. So It is. It is. It was a good excuse for me to get out my uh, the Evercade verses again. Uh, yeah, real so, quick, in case yeah, let, let's do that. In case we have some new listeners that don't know about the Evercade that we talk about all the time, uh, Evercade is <clears throat> well originally was a handheld that was released a few years ago, uh, made to release primarily uh, retro compilations of various games on cartridge into a handheld. It's white and red primarily, although there's some black ones out there. Uh, and then they recently came out with the Versus system, which allows you to have a little consoleized version with these kind of specific controllers to the Evercade. It allows you to put two cartridges in, but you're able to basically buy brand new cartridge games, uh, you know, of older games, but on brand new cartridges and some newer games, which are my favorite, uh, for like $20 packaged and sent to your door, or you can pick them up at certain places like Best Buy and stuff as well. So very cool little system. And, um, yeah, to Tim's point, we wanted to pick one game on one cartridge because a lot of the cartridges have multiple games uh, and, and two games each, ultimately, to come up with six good games. So, Tim, go ahead and go first. What do you find? Okay, so my first one, and I think I briefly mentioned this one on the show before, but um, I was just flipping through uh, one, of, one of the cartridges and I, I got back to this one and I thought, no, I've got to include this one again. So this is um, from the, um, is it Gallico or Gale, Gale, Galeco? I've always said um, Gallico. Yeah, I always say Gallico as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and this is a game called Alligator Hunt. Now it's it hasn't really got anything to do with alligators as such. <laughs> no, it doesn't, <laughs> um, does it? But <laughs> you are. Um, it's a. Uh, 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 do you want me to do some some quick blurb on it? Or sure, just, do, do just what you want to do. It? Okay. Um, so, Alligator Hunt is published by Gallico in 1994. Um, it's a game of Spanish development origins, so huh. it's kind of like got that. Uh, it was released in the arcades in Spain. Uh, so it's an into the, into the screen rail shooter. And the best way I can describe it is if, um, if anyone's played, uh, NAM 1975 on the Neo that's Geo. E- that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. You- yeah. Yeah. Very, very similar to that style of game. Um, so you've got some, uh, the, the controls on this one, um, uh, very similar again to Nam 1975, where you've got to sort of like roll out um, to avoid. That's your your way of avoiding of getting shot because when you when you're shooting, you're stood in one place, so you can't move while you're shooting unless you roll from left to right. You can't so, actually move in in either direction. So really, yeah, really quick, you're a kid on a skateboard at the <laughs> bottom of the screen, going back and forth, shooting forward directly into the screen. So yeah, you're. You're doing a, a, a fixed screen shooter kind of a thing, but you're also a character at the bottom dodging bullets. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, so like I say, you're one of two um, young skateboarding dudes that have to save Earth from the alien reptilian invaders. So I'm guessing Naturally. that's where the, <laughs> that's where the, um, uh, the alligator stuff comes in. Um, you've also got the, again, similar to Nam 1975. Sorry to, sorry to kind of like, 
bring that back in again. Uh, but you, um, you get these little sort of like, uh, they're like mech, uh, little mechs that come onto the screen and you can shoot those. Um, and then they give you, uh, little missiles that you have to shoot the, shoot the containers and they give you missiles. So not only have you got your main, main gun that you can shoot, but you can also shoot missiles. Um, the blade, the game is played across many different levels. So you start off out in a, like in a, um, a big spaceship and you're in the hangar of the spaceship. You've got the, um, aliens coming in through the, the, the docking port, I guess, as if you want to call it that they've got ships coming into there. You've got to sort of like blow up the ships using your main gun or missiles, um, moves on to the next level. Uh, where you've got like massive mechs invading the earth. So you've got to try and shoot those mechs. Um, and then after that, you get the next level, um, which is where you get into a spaceship yourself. And the part of the first part of that level is you've actually got to take off the ship. Um, so you've got to, um, uh, get the ship to a certain speed, then pull back and the, the ship takes off. And then it basically turns up into kind of like a space shooter. Um, and from there on in, you sort of like go, go further into the game. Um, uh, this one was released, like I say, in the, in the uh, mid nineties, it's kind of very much got that. Um, the graphic style is very much the sort of like the pixel graphic, um, uh, uh what what would you call it um uh, zooming zooming in and out uh, the scaling effect of of the of the pixel graphics yeah, um, like the uh, what did the sega had that technology <coughs> the super scalar technology yeah that's right but it's also kind of got that amiga feel to it it does i don't know why that um, european just, spanish feel you know yeah 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 <laughs> uh, very very amiga feel and it was based on a motorola 68000 running at 12 megahertz on the board so i'm guessing that's probably where that kind of like feel but basic limitation of probably that made CPU, the graphics on an amiga yeah i was ju- i've got that in my notes it looks go. to me like some of the graphics were done in d-paint yep. <laughs> so I have, um, I have a stupid question yes um it looks awesome but and and i had to step away to use the little boys room um so i maybe you already mentioned this but why is this called alligator hunt exactly <laughs> <laughs> so the the invading hordes are reptiles basically so oh okay i think it's a like a dirty slang word the stupid alligators and it's really offensive <laughs> to their race <laughs> all right Fair um enough. but yeah i have a better uh, question though eric how come when you came back it sounded like you're walking through an, a car full of empty beer cans <laughs> <laughs> I, I opened up one more beer and the two two, two cans are clanking together. But yeah, I did open another beer. I just was trying to be quiet about it, but I failed. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Back back to you. Back to you. Yeah. Well, that that's pretty much all I've got to say about this one. Um, it I, looks great. I've never I, seen this I, game I, before. Yeah, I, I do enjoy this one. Um, and I couldn't help coming back to this one because, like I said, I think I did mention it before on a, on a previous show, but I don't think we actually covered it in... Uh, a game segment. I think I just mentioned that I played it um, when we were talking about the Evergate at some time. Um, so yeah, so that's that's well, my first one, Alligator Hunt. And it's funny because I remember when this this cart came out, everyone was talking about this game in particular, and I'd never heard of it. I don't think a lot of people have heard of it. It's kind of a hidden Spanish gem, I guess. But yeah, um, I but, never saw it in arcade for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it didn't. I don't think it got re- released in any arcades other than in Spain. I don't think it made it out of. 
out of okay. Spain in terms of the ar- actual arcade cabs. Um, so it, when was it? Was it Pico? Um, is this a Pico owned one? I think it is. No, it's Galico. Uh, it's oh, Galico, right? Yeah, no, but I think um, Pico picked up all the rights to it. Oh, oh, okay. It was uh, one, one company picked up all the rights to it anyway. Uh, they, oh, they, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, will, this is. I have to ask because it's, it's on the. Um, Galico uh, arcade cartridge. So I'm guessing this is the arcade version. So does it give you a, a, a realistic number of credits? Does it kind of hold you to that? Can you coin feed it? How does that work? Because that always yeah, you ruins can it you can me. coin feed it. Yeah, ah. yeah, you can you can just keep going on it. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't like that. Well, but, uh, for for me, it's perfect because you know me, I'm I'm rubbish at games, so I, I, I need no... to keep feeding the coins. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just takes the game out of it for me. At that point, you're just kind of playing a video until it's over. But anyways, yeah. that's that's my personal take on the arcade collections. So, Okay, looks cool. I do want to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I, worth a go. I, I think, uh, and I apologize for the listeners, I think, I think we have enough time for Eric and I to give one uh, before you go back. Yeah, Tim. absolutely. Go for it. So let's do that. Um, <laughs> Eric, you've got this one right here, which I would love to hear about. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, and this one is going to be quick because there's not, and you'll, I guess the listeners will understand why in a second. So the one I picked was a game I had not played before, but I had heard of. Um, it, and it's based on a game that's one of my favorites on the Atari 2600. So one of my favorite games on the Atari 2600 is Yars Revenge. Um, where Yars Revenge is a game where you're like a ship and there's like this energy field and you're only going in one direction and you have to shoot the, the, the force field and the shield to get to the guy, the enemy that's behind it. But at the same time, he's firing things at you. And when you're, when you fly into this like interference field kind of thing, um, you can't be hit by his missiles, but the bad guys that come at you can get you. It's very hard to explain the game, but it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a great Atari Twenty Six Hundred original game. What what I have to say about Yars, and I've talked about about uh, Yars Revenge, yeah. is it's really hard to explain. And then when you see the graphics, you're like, "That's crazy! What's going on?" And it's really hard to understand, even when you're watching the game. It's yeah. a very simple game, but it's kind of like. Yep. No, nothing has been like this before or since, like except for I guess Yars Return to the, at this point. So exactly, and so <laughs> what the, the the gimmick of the game is that when you get break through the energy shield and you touch him or fire at him, he fires a projectile at you. Well, a projectile appears behind you, yep, and you are moving, and you have to guide it. And then when it fires, you dodge out of the way, and then it hits him and destroys him, and that's how you clear a level. I was never um, able to understand this game. Yep. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> exactly it. That's exactly it. You, you'll play it five or six times, and then once you get it, then you don't forget it, and you can. And it's a blast. And it just gets kind of. It's the same game over and over again, but it just gets harder and harder as the levels go up. The the the, the levels don't change at all. So. Anyway, it's a fun game on the Atari 2600. It's very colorful, very iconic. It's one of the most more popular games on the Atari 2600. And so what happened is this was first released, I believe, on a flashback machine. Okay. And that is called, and it's called Yars Revenge, and it is a sequel. And the Yars only Return. real difference, the gameplay is the same. Oh, I'm sorry, Yars Return. Yeah. 
Yours return is it, this ha- happens to be on the um, Atari Collection One Evercade cartridge, um, but its first release was actually on an Atari Flashback machine, and I guess this was always slated to be a sequel to Yars Revenge. Uh, but Yars Return of, uh, appeared on. I was trying to look this up. It appeared on a Flashback. Um, there it is, Atari Flashback 2. Um, that was its first appearance, and it is basically Yara's Revenge, but it has where you can come from three different directions, left, right, or top. So the the bad guy is surrounded by the energy field all around him instead of just coming in from one direction. So it adds kind of these this, this very different dimensional uh, perspective on the game. Um, and it's just, if you like yours revenge, you'll love this. I mean, yours return is basically same thing, except now in three different directions. And there's two of those seekers instead of one, I think. Correct. Yep. So, um, that's it. So now they, and then now they've released it on an Evercade cartridge. So you can experience it there instead of just trying to get the flashback to, um, I sat down and played this game for probably an hour or two and really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I, you do, you, you, you do owe yourself if you have an Atari 2600 to sit down, try to learn Yars Revenge because it is a blast. It is a great game on the 2600 and, and Yars Return makes it even better. I'm watching this so gameplay. Did that make the flashback, flashback two more collectible? Because I don't know. That's a good question. I've got one. I've got a flashback too. Yep. Um, I'm watching the gameplay and how crazy it is and watching Tim to see if he gets it still and he doesn't. <laughs> it, t- it took me years until I finally had to like watch a video on how to play this game. It's so bizarre, but it is fun. It is a good game. You do have to sit down and learn the game. I mean, it's not the easiest game to pick up and play. It's not a shoot 'em up. There is a bunch of strategy to it in, in guiding the missile towards the bad guy. Um, and destroying the energy shields, but once you get it, it's a it's a blast. It's a great game. I can remember it must have been four or five months ago. I I sat down. I think I had my my Pi four hundred set up and um, tried it, and I think I played it for about twenty minutes, and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. For my first pick. I went very Cody, and I went with what I always talk about, loving on the Evercade, which is new releases, indie releases on cartridge for the system. Um, And it's weird because in my personal preference, a new indie game would, you know, a sizable, good quality indie game would be released one per cartridge. But Evercade uh, still wants to give you more value. So, for example, they did uh, the Tangle, was it Tangle Wood? Um, And... um, and Xeno Crisis, Xeno Crisis dual cart, and then yeah. the only other one they've released, which was not too long ago, was Owl's Awakening, which is one of my favorite games ever on the NES. By the way, it came out I think last year, maybe maybe two years ago. And Cathedral, a game I had never heard of before, so I bought that cart even though I've already beat the NES game. I, I wanted a physical copy of it, and it came packed in with another game which looked amazing, Cathedral. And uh, long story short. Um, I'm still playing this game. I was playing it today. Um, there we go, Cathedral. And Cathedral is a gorgeous game. I figure because it was packed with Always Awakening, it was another NES game. It is clearly um, a game that could not 
could not be a, a true NES game. It's, it must be, a, um, I believe it is a Steam game, which is cool because that means there's Steam games and, you know, PC games that can be released on the Evercade. Um, it's very much NES inspired. The graphics look like an NES if the NES had a much larger screen. Um, and a lot of the, you know, the number of sprites and effects and everything are clearly, it's not an NES, a true NES game. But this game is a game that feels very much like a Shovel Knight type of a game. Um, you're a little knight in a suit of armor, and it's a Metroidvania. It is a game where you're going to be going to areas, figuring out where you can go first to get upgrades to go other places. Um, you have, a, you know, a standard sword attack. You have a, a, like, you start with three hearts, and you gain more hearts. You gain potions. You gain the ability to make the potions revive more hearts when you need them. You have different armor you can get that strengthens you for different areas. You've got sword upgrades. You've got um, teleporting. You've got maps. You've got uh, keys and uh, special abilities. You know, eventually you earn your double jump. You know, any good Metroidvania, you got to earn your double jump. And uh, I don't know what else to say. It is. It doesn't do anything new or unique, but it does everything you want a Metroidvania to do so well. It feels so good. Um, I've put hours into this game now. I'll probably say 10 or 12 so far. Um, and Cathedral's... Oh, the music is really, really good. Uh, all the music is catchy. It sounds true to an NES, but kind of bigger, if you will. Um, the, the colors that they use are uh, very... You know, they'll bring back nostalgia from the NES days. You've got very Castlevania, isn't it? The 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 look and the feel of it. The look is Castlevania. <laughs> I would say there's parts of it that feel. You've got the downward attack um, that is kind of from Ducktales that they also use for Shovel Knight. Um, there's parts of it that feel Mega Man y. There's parts of it that feel, uh, you know, they're very platformy. There's kind of some puzzle elements in in it, and not in a bad way. Um, there's save points, which is which is key which is very un-NES-like, right? Um, and then not that this has anything to do with this game, but the other game on here, Owl's Awakening, like I said, is one of my favorite games for the NES ever, which also has save points and all these kind of modern amenities, but it's a true NES ROM. This is uh, my favorite cart on the Evercade, hands down. And if you're only going to buy an Evercade for this one experience, uh, probably worth it in my opinion. <laughs> I love these, <laughs> I gotta get this one. I, I don't have this one. And it has Always Awakening, which I've which I've been trying to convince you to, to try as well. So yeah, here's the, so, here, here's Always. Not that you you cared, but um, yeah. So that that's my pick. Cool, very cool. Back to Tim. So Cody, you went very you on that pick, sort of like picking an <laughs> indie game. I've picked on very me. <laughs> okay, okay. And picked a really simplistic early arcade game. <laughs> okay okay so i have picked minky monkey <laughs> which i have not heard of and what I cart is that many on? people have and researching it is like wow there's hardly any information on this anyway so this is um an early arcade game so this is released by techno so this is on the uh which one the techno's arcade one uh pack so there's eight other games on this one um, so it includes uh, Minky Monkey well, 2, Minky Monkey double, 3. <laughs> yeah, Double Dragon <laughs> 3, Double Dragon 2, uh, Battle Lane, uh, Block Out, 
mysterious stones. Anyway, um, so Minky Monkey, um, what's the best way to describe this? Donkey Kong Jr. Um, I was going to say, yeah, it looks it's a little bit like Donkey Kong Jr., a little yeah. bit of the mechanics. Yeah, yeah. So you are this, I don't know, clown-looking, dig-dug kind of guy. <laughs> um, you have to... Um, jump from uh, ropes and platforms um the idea is is you've got uh, the monkey uh, is on the level is trying to get you but you've also got um the monkey at the top and what what you've got to do is you've got to complete the tasks that the monkey sets you so basically you've got fruit that hang on these uh pla- on these ropes or on the platforms you oh, have to I'll grab the vines, fruit just cuz that kind of gives vines. a good video okay, yep. game equivalent yep uh so you have to um you have to jump jump between the vines uh grab the fruit and then you get like a little dotted rectangular box and you have to move that fruit up to that box now it sounds simplistic but you've got this <laughs> cunning dude chasing after you all the time and he's just really really quick um so you you've got to be quick across across the vines and all that sort of thing you've got to be able to um get across grab the fruit move it up or down on the vine or sometimes you have to then carry the fruit and take it onto a different platform or onto a different level um all whilst trying to avoid um the other guy trying to get you not only can he sort of like run and jump really quick across the vines and over the platforms he can actually shoot at you as well so he's got several ways of trying to get you (laughs) and this game is mad it's absolutely mad it's really fast-paced um and it's it's just a blast i mean it's just really really simple so each level you have to complete um five tasks so basically get five bits of fruit and move them onto the rectangular squares sounds really simple but it is it's it's quite hard um but it's it's great fun and you're i constantly swear in at this game (laughs) 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 but it is it's just simple uh nice fun early arcade game there's not a lot of you know there's not a lot of music and there's some spot sound effects and bits and pieces like that to it um but it's just just a great fun game i love it it's just just so much <laughs> so much of a blast just jumping jumping around and just trying to avoid uh the the other the other character and uh trying to get get the fruit and getting onto the platforms and stuff so yeah um, and, and for as archaic as the graphics are it's got a lot of personality oh absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never and, saw uh, this was an arcade game though. I never yeah, saw this in the arcade. Yeah, no, me neither. And uh, I, I just sort of like picked this up and I said, "Yeah, I really like this." <laughs> I, this, I mean, weird. Like you said, maybe it's a very Tim pick, but I would say it's a very Cody pick too. Because I love these early vertical screen yeah. arcade games that have a simple <laughs> task, and they're not. You know, there's no other games like this. Like you know, yeah. there's no yeah. clone of this. This is its own thing, and it's quick and fast paced. It's an arcade game, which is. You know, kind of a lost art. But it's not going to be one for Eric because it's got a timer. <laughs> it does have a timer. That's a bummer. The monkey, thro- the fact that he can throw his, I'm going to guess that's his feces. I don't know. Uh, at, that just is garbage. That <laughs> He can yeah. just start throwing projectiles at you. Yeah, but. it, it does, does make it a bit more of a challenge. But like I say, I mean, it, the good thing about it is that you can sort of like... It, you can insert credits and you can continue on that level. Um, so you can keep going if you want to, um, but there is a limit amount to the amount of credits that you can put in. So, 
it, it does does um limit the game so it's not just again like a just a just a quick complete coin muncher um so i'm sure there's a bit more to the game than than i've described but um i would recommend if you've got that if you've got the evercade or even just grab an emulator um and uh dig out minky monkey it's uh by technos and developed by a company called rollertron corp from 1983 right. i I could see this becoming a heavy rotated game for the the meme cabinet personally. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Good choice. <clears throat> All right. Eric, I think you grabbed this one before I was going to be able to, which is fine cuz I had other plenty of good picks, but <laughs> I like this choice. Yeah, so the game that I chose is a game called Tanzer or Tonzer. Tonzer? I don't know. I want to say it's Tonzer, it sounds German. Yeah, I think it's Tonzer. Once you put the umlauts over the A, I think it... Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yep, there you go. There's your umlauts. Yep, so Tonzer on... And this is on the Mega Cat Studios Collection 1 cartridge for the Evercade. But originally, this game... And I got into the history of this game a little bit, and I found it pretty interesting. It is. Um, it came out in 2019. It was a Kickstarter game initially and made originally for the Sega Mega Drive. And you could get this game on cartridge... Um, and basically in the game is a strider like game, which is okay with me. I think strider is a uh, awesome game. Really quick. I have to point out as soon as I started playing this, I could, I could tell it was a Genesis game. Yeah, it just, it exactly. Like a Genesis game. Yeah. Um, and the, the in this game, if it's by Mikhail, I think it's Mikhail Tillander. Um, published this game uh, from uh, through Mega Cat Studios. Um, the, the player assumes the role of a ballerina. So you are huh. actually a ballerina whose body was transformed to fight against enemies in a post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, that's a very good um, video game theme. I like it. Exactly. Um, the game is strongly pulls from games like Strider and uh, Osman, which I'd never heard of, but Supposedly, that's a pretty popular game. Um, what the game is, is you're going through this game. And, and I'll tell you, uh, when I first started playing this game, I sucked at it. I was doing really poorly at it until I found a little tip that made it much better for me. And I'll tell you what that is in a second. But basically, you're a character, the ballerina, and you're going through the game and you're, you have an attack and you have a jump. And you can double jump, and you when you kill enemies, they drop these little gold bars, and you can use those gold bars in the shop. And then in the shop where you can get elemental weapons like fire, um, water, uh, stuff like that, and they're just different ways of of um, there's different types of weapons. But one thing I didn't know about this game, I played this game for a couple hours before I even knew that you could do this. When you jump and you when you jump, you turn into a weapon. So when you're in the mode of jumping, you can kill um, enemies in the sky. But you when you go on top of an enemy, you can kind of skate on top of an enemy and you can fly through the whole level by just bouncing off of enemies that are airborne enemies. And that is how you really rack up the scores, because you can chain scores together. You, it basically changed your score element together. And once I did that, it, the game really opened up and I was able to get through two or three more levels than I was able to before. Um, 
but the game definitely has a very strider look to it in fact the weapon is kind of almost like a little i don't know how to explain it yeah like a nike swoosh or something you know you know what i mean um but the bosses are very unique very interesting um it it is ultimately a platformer what'd you say that one's hanging literally (laughs) yeah he's literally hanging but he's like shooting like a it's got the these like bullets like shooting out <laughs> yeah. of him in a in an array that you have to dodge. Um, I I I played this game after I learned that kind of flying um, trick. I was able to get through more levels, and I played this game for maybe five or six hours. I think it's a fantastic game. The graphics are great. The soundtrack is amazing in this. In, fast, in a very fast and fun. It's very purpley, very purpley yep. game. Very purpley and very like the FM synth style music on the very Genesis um, music. Mega Drive or Genesis uh, is is very prevalent in this game. I don't know why it just reminds me of Apidia on the Amiga. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So anyway, that's uh, Tanzer. I I thought our Tanzer. I think it's a. Uh, oh, another thing which is is kind of. Um, it's kind of a moot point with the Evercade because the Evercade has a fantastic save, like save point. Like you can save a game any point you want just by going to the menu on the EverDrive and saving the games. But this game on the original Mega Drive, you have to buy continues. <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't save the game, but you you get picking up those gold bars. You can buy continues so that when you run out of lives. Cool. You can start again, but you have to buy those in the shop. I thought that was an interesting element. I love that Pretty boss. Cool. <laughs> that is way cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's some cool bosses. We won't give them away. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you can give all. I mean, it's kind of westerny. It's like a yeah, like a skull with a hat on. It's a giant skull yeah. with a cowboy hat on and a yeah. big six six shooter. Six shooter. <laughs> yeah, really cool. Really cool. Yeah. All right. Last game. I get the honors, I guess, on this one, and it's Minky Monkey 2. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it is not. In fact, it is another new indie game. Uh, this is a game that was created for the NES um, by the same company that made a game Eric and I really enjoyed, Micromages. Oh, yeah. Love that game. Yep. Um, it's funny because I'm forgetting the name of the company right now. Morphcat. This is this is a modern NES creation, is it? Yep. Uh, released, I believe, in 2021. Um, however, the version on the Evercade is a uh, it, it's a well, I guess it is the full version of this game. So this is it, it is a small game. I'll put it that way. Um, released for the NES Dev Competition 2020 or 2021. I guess they combined those. Um, so they're calling it a full game, but it is it is a short game. Um, I completed it in one sitting, but it is a whole lot of fun, and it's a true NES, you know, uh, ROM that can be played on an NES, uh, or in this case, on an Evercade. And basically, it is, uh, first of all, not only does it look really great and have great sound and all that good stuff, um, but it's, imagine uh, jou- playing Joust, where you're, yeah. you know, but without the knight on top of the bird, you're basically yeah. a, a bird kind of chilling yeah. in his little home with his TV here. R- really a lot of personality in this game too. And it just says, go be a hero. And you start flying through levels. There's bad guys and kind of uh, it's joust where it's just like in joust, uh, you want to bounce and land on the top of things. 
Um, so enemies will be there, and you'll land on top of them. It starts really simple. You're just going through these kind of maze levels, flapping your wings, bouncing your character off the top of things. Uh, pretty quickly, you learn, like in this stage, you have to kill all the enemies before the door opens to move on to the next door. Uh, and then it just kind of keeps adding things. By the time you get further in the game, you're like trying to balance which enemies to kill first so you can kill other enemies because you have to get to a key to get that key to get the door open to get you know some other power up for the level or whatever it gets kind of uh it gets pretty involved the enemies get harder you get different areas now you're in like the spaceship kind of area here um there's some save points there's lives you can lose all your lives and die it's definitely got um a very mega man uh aesthetic to the way the pixel art is drawn including your life bar here is exactly out of mega man it's this vertical life bar with these with these individual bars um it it it's there, there's not much to it i mean i kind of explained the whole game uh there's spikes you know don't hit the spikes there's bad guys that jump there's bad guys that float um you have to hit the, some of the bad guys multiple times yep yep that's true yep so some might take two or three um again it's very mega man in the way that the bad guys some of them will randomly relieve either small or large power-ups to fill up your your meter or other abilities um and you just eventually work your way through the whole thing uh i would say i played it. i'm looking at this play through this person did here i'd say i played it for about an hour hour and a half until i complete the whole thing so it's the perfect game to enjoy on a cartridge if you like uh you know, you want more joust. I, w- I would say it is to joust what uh, Space Taxi is to thrust. Yeah. That's, that's how I'm going to describe it. And um, I love joust. It's one of my favorite arcade games. So this yep. looks right up my alley. And it's cute, it's really too. High, it's high res for the NES as well, isn't it? Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much how the Mega Man games look, to be honest with you. It's very smooth, though. I mean... It, yeah, the resolution's about the same for NES game, but I mean everything moves very smoothly, so yep. it looks very good. And it's a true NES game, so again, the ROM would play on a true NES. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it's worth a go, and especially if you want something that you can more or less finish in one night, uh, you know, one sitting. If you can give yourself an hour or two of gameplay and uh, just enjoy a good Morph Cat game that's not too difficult but not too easy, there you go. Those games are Sweet. good, especially for people that in our like situations. And, the, and there's some bosses, too. Like, this is the last boss here, which is pretty cool. Um, which reminds me again of Dr. Wily. Space goals. Space goals. On the Morph Cat Yeah, those Studios were six collection. actual good games. All yeah. of those looked really good. <laughs> Don't sound surprised, you know, Eric. Two good games for a game. <laughs> <laughs> Not just games. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's nothing else for us to add to this episode, uh, there's just one, just one more thing. Yeah, yeah, please tell us. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but there is a new MSX game dev. Okay, 2023. Just uh, it was started in February, I think, and there's some good games starting to appear on that. So I think we need to keep a good watch eye over that. Yeah. Ooh. Yes, for sure. Love me some MSX dev competitions. Those are great. Awesome. I did want to point out that uh, Eric went ahead and uh, did the honors of picking out um, most of the upcoming battle. I think I assisted a little bit with one, but uh, next month when we talk about our battle of the systems, we're going to talk about a couple of games 
that are physically very expensive. Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong at all, Eric. No, you're um, right. They're typically one of the highest cost games that are unique to each of these systems, NES versus Master System. Uh, and selfishly, uh, Eric wanted to play one of these games, and I really wanted to play one of them as well. So uh, Little Samson on the NES, which is like 900 bucks or something right now. Very expensive, yeah. Versus Golden Axe Warrior, which is only about 200 but that's probably one of the most expensive Sega Master System games outside of some of the weird versions like uh, the Blue, Blue Label uh, Master Games. So yep. uh, two, two games two, that are 8-bit uh, competing systems. One is a platformer, one is an action RPG. Uh, but both, It's a pricey cart battle. There you go. Spicy meatball battle. Yeah. And uh, six good arcade sequels, right, Eric? And there's a little caveat here. That I want That's right. To- so six good arcade sequels. Both games must be arcade games, not ports to systems at home or anything like that. So I'm thinking games like Elevator Action 2, Outrun 2, uh, basically six good arcade sequels Where that were sequ- in their arcade. Yeah, sequel to a previous arcade game. And it's also Correct. an arcade game. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Uh, so just off the top of our head, uh, Tim, which one of those do you feel like you would like to be part of? I quite like the sound of the six good games. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Realistically, Tim's like, I could find two games quicker with, without having to play through a whole bunch of gameplay like we would on the other two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot no, of research. Yeah, I, I haven't done a lot of six good games recently, and I, I enjoyed this one. So Perfect. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go six good games again. We, we oh, cool. Normally we'd do the battle, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I think it's a, it's interesting. Uh, arcade sequels, sometimes they're not very good. So I'm hoping that we can pick, dig out six good sequels to arcade games. I just thought of a fun one we could do eventually. Six good games with the number 64 in the title of the game. It'd be a, <laughs> lot of, a lot of Nintendo 64 games, a lot of Commodore 64 games. Just <laughs> That's throwing true. it out there. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. All right, everyone. Okay. Well, hopefully you enjoy your spring because apparently it's sprung, even though it doesn't look like it. <laughs> not today, no. <laughs> Definitely in California at the moment. It's not great, is it? No, no. not loving it at it's the moment. Not. But uh, we'll catch up with you once the weather gets warmer. But until then, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>